0: It started as a scritch, then everyone got in a fur pile, and pretty soon we were all yiffing. Gary Hoffman. Who is that guy? I love yeah. your suit. Shannon Farron.
1: She's just a driven young woman. I don't know where she gets it.
0: Do you guys know what this is? Gary and
2: Shannon. Places, please. The dance is about to begin.
3: She said I'm looking like a ba-
4: Say that Shannon would be very proud about our conversations that we had in the office before the show started today,
5: because we talked about all things female uh, a- anatomy.
4: First of all, I commended it's a you. Thing. Yeah, I commended you for <laughs> the.
5: Well, I avoided that. First area. time
4: in history, I've had an email address. I want to say, I think my first email address was an AOL account when I was in college. Today was the first time in. T- 25 years probably mm-hmm. that i received an email with the subject line menstrual cup Go mm-hmm. oh, look at my genitals
5: so <laughs> shannon is here yeah, i
4: guess so jane wells in for shannon look, i'm always
5: looking for a good business opportunity and it is a growth industry <laughs>
4: apparently it's a I, i've got to be honest with you blind spot for me yeah the whole menstrual cup
5: well issue. it is for me now <laughs> That's one of the good things about getting older.
4: Uh, We've seen a lot of uh, big stories. We'll get to a couple of them here in just a second. The National Hurricane Center says that Dorian could be a Category 4 hurricane by the time it hits Florida, either late Sunday into early Monday, depending on the timing of it. Uh, So we'll keep an eye on that. Big earthquake this morning just off the coast of uh, Oregon about two hours ago. In fact, it was a 6.3. They downgraded it just a bit. 6.3 off the coast of Oregon. About 180 miles west of Coos Bay, uh, there were a few hundred people who said they felt it. Which I guess is just a testament to the fact that it was far enough out and that there are not a whole lot of people. Yeah, it's who live in it's a remote area. Bay. Yeah. Um, so we'll keep an eye on both of those stories. Uh, get some local stuff going on as well. But man, uh, we got to start with James Comey and this uh, Inspector General from the DOJ. They said that the former director of the FBI violated FBI policies, but at this point did not break any laws
5: well he broke the rules not just fbi policy doj policy fbi employment agreement when he sent these memos uh... he had taken down and and gave them to someone else to give to a reporter uh... at the new york times and that was against the rules but none of it was classified and they're not going to charge him with anything and i find that interesting because i think if it was anybody else but james comey they're not gonna, and I'm waiting for the president to, uh, direct to, them to, char- yeah, to direct them to charge him.
4: Do you think it was just uh, a courtesy afforded a former director of the FBI? Is that what you mean?
5: I think he got special treatment.
4: It's possible. I mean, I don't think there's any love loss between he and William Barr.
5: Right. That's why I'm waiting for the president to direct William Barr, and probably already has. If there is a way you can charge him. They're saying, like you said, he broke the rules, but not the law. Um, that none of this was classified. I think what bugs me about Comey is then he goes out on Twitter, right? just the ego, just shut up, all he's, right? You broke the rules, and he's going out on, on Twitter saying the DOJ inspector general found no evidence that Comey or his attorneys released any of the classified information, blah, blah, blah. I don't need a public apology for those who defame me, but a quick message with a sorry we lied about you would be nice. Dude, you broke the rules. Yeah, see, that's
4: the part, and I don't know if it's just a – uh, a lack of willingness to acknowledge what it is that he did, he admitted, he admitted to us, uh, I mean, I want to play this for you. We interviewed James Comey uh, last year, and that was the first question out of the box was, why did you, why were you writing down all of these notes? You had been taking notes with, uh, on your interactions with the president at the White House, uh, phone calls, any conversations that you had, Did you have concerns about him as president?
6: Yes. I was concerned that he might not tell the truth if it ever became an issue about some of our encounters, which is why I wrote down what he said and what I said in a number of those encounters and safeguarded copies of those things. So, yes, but if I hadn't been fired, I didn't expect to be fired. I was in the great city of Los Angeles, as you may know, and and was shocked that I was fired. I thought, I'm in charge of the Russia investigation, even though my relationship with the president is not going to be a good one. I'm going to stay as FBI director. And then I was fired.
4: Yeah. He also went on on Twitter and said to those who spent two years talking about me going to jail or being a liar and leaker, ask yourselves why you still trust people who gave you bad info for so long, including the president. You
5: know, just shut up. You broke the rules. OK, you broke the rules. Uh, you could have done this according to the report. There are legal ways or well or, or appropriate ways that you could have released this information without breaking the rules. And you didn't do that. He was hoping, originally, his testimony was that by leaking these memos that he had taken, that he could get the uh, Justice Department to appoint an uh, independent counsel, a special investigation of the Russia probe, which eventually happened, and, um, and nothing definitive came of that. Of course, that brings us to Lawrence O'Donnell at MSNBC, who two nights ago claimed that from a source a single source unnamed and perhaps removed from first hand information that deutsche bank knew Donald Trump's bank accounts had russian partners something along those lines do you here's, have any-
4: yeah here's his crosstalk that he did with Rachel Maddow this
7: single source close to deutsche bank has told me that the trump Donald Trump's loan documents there show that he has co-signers that's how he was able to obtain those loans and that the cosigners are Russian oligarchs.
5: But Okay. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I wanna
4: I wanna <laughs> just paint the picture for you as well if you haven't seen this. Split screen, Lawrence O'Donnell in one studio, Rachel Maddow in the other studio. When he when he says that, she knows what's coming, she of course she knows the story, because Lawrence O'Donnell couldn't keep it to himself. Anyway, so she's pretending like this is the first time she's ever heard it. She does this thing where she Leans back in her chair and squinches <laughs> her face and then goes,
5: what? That's her way of wanting to be 50 miles from Ugh. it. And a single unnamed source close to is not within news standards no. at NBC. So what happened last night? Or
4: in any newsroom, I well, would imagine. I, well, I don't know about I it. I hope.
7: How's that? You know,
5: Trump, okay, but Trump went on Twitter you know, you're a liar. And I think the White House called saying yeah. this, you know, this is outrageous. And so what happened last
7: night? Last night on this show, I discussed information that wasn't ready for reporting. I repeated statements. A single source told me about the president's finances and loan documents with Deutsche Bank saying if true, as I discussed the information, was simply not good enough. I did not go through the rigorous verification and standards process here at MSNBC before repeating what I heard from my source. Had it gone through that process, I would not have been permitted to report it. I should not have said it on air or posted it on Twitter. I was wrong to do so.
5: Wow.
4: Well, there you go. One of the things that I was hoping would come out of this Uh, This presidency, this discussion about the responsibility of the media to get the stories right. One of the things I was hoping to get out of it was a much more informed and skeptical public that would be willing to not take at face value everything that was said on TV, even on the radio, online, obviously. I don't feel like we've gotten to that point yet, because, listen, there were so many people, there are still so many people who look at Lawrence O'Donnell and go, well, it's still a true story.
5: Well, two things. One, we no longer believe anything positive we're told. Right. But we believe everything negative we're told. That's true. We're completely cynical. And so, well, yeah, maybe he hasn't verified it yet, but it's true. Whereas if uh, if somebody comes out and says, well, the president doesn't lie. Well, uh, yeah, no, you're wrong. You're, you're full of it. It's like with the sheriff. We don't believe anything the sheriff says now after what's happened with that situation in Lancaster. And the second thing that I... Look, you will always now be remembered for what you get wrong because, you no, know, as a, as a, well, would you call him a journalist? He's a host. You, all you have is your credibility. And you could have 99 things right. And the one thing you get wrong because you were in a hurry, because you had this hot information, that's what you get remembered What's for. What's the
4: one thing we remember about Geraldo Rivera? Exactly. It's the empty the safe. vault. The empty vault. Yes. Uh, when we come back Hurricane Dorian potentially category 4 by the time it makes landfall in Florida we'll talk about that and um uh, guy we haven't heard from in a while we'll talk to uh, Frankie McDonald is going to tell us how to prepare for I cannot wait. Gary and Shannon will continue Jane Wells in for Shannon today. How about you? you? Cuz I miss the stupid things there Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app on this Thursday, August
5: 29th. Call handle on the law. He's taking calls right now. Oh, yeah. 877. Oops, sorry. No, it's good. (laughs) 877 520 1150. 877 520 1150.
4: The thing is, you say that number better than he does, and that's the first time you've ever said that number. Well, you
5: know, I'm a professional, Uh, but I'm not in the Hall of Fame.
4: We talked about James Comey. We'll maybe talk more about it a little bit later in the show, but the Inspector General for the Department of Justice came out and said that he violated FBI policies, but that they are not going to charge him with a crime uh, when he gave information to a friend and told the friend to share it with the New York Times.
5: I don't think the president's going to stand for that, but go ahead.
4: I'm surprised that the, um, uh, that he hasn't tweeted something mm-hmm. just yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit later next hour as well, we're going to talk about this. Uh, the federal judge that rejected this petition by property owners downtown. To block the settlement that then restricts the city from clearing Skid Row homeless encampments, the handcuffing the city from doing what it's supposed to be doing—you'd think—in getting people off of the streets. Uh, we'll talk about that coming up in the uh, in the next hour. But uh, Hurricane Dorian on track for Florida, and uh, our sometime—would uh, what you call him—sometime weather guy, Frankie McDonald is the one who has come forward with the latest hurricane. Hey! Now, he came out with a huge and very long version of his hurricane warning, specifically for Hurricane Dorian. We might as well play the whole thing.
5: Uh, you know, let me just say, yeah. I didn't know, about. even though he's got like over 200,000 subscribers on YouTube, so he's making money on YouTube and his videos have been seen over 30 million times. This is new for you. This is new and I love this Nova Scotian more than I love... Nova Locks.
4: If you happen to be listening on the iHeartRadio app and you are in a place like Fort Lauderdale or Jupiter or North Miami or something like that, this is some important information for you to pay attention to.
8: This is Frankie McDowell, my own team's station, Live at in Nova Scotia. Here's my update for Hurricane Dorian. It's now headed towards Florida on Sunday, September 1st, 2019. It's now going to bring up to 30 plus millimeters of rain or more. It's going to bring a lot of winds and very strong winds and heavy rain. Especially east coast of Florida, including Jupiter, Florida, St. Augustine, Florida, Tampa, Florida, and Jacksonville, Florida. Including Daytona Beach, Florida. It's going to bring very strong winds and heavy rain. Including Fort Lauderdale, Miami. It's going to bring rough surfs on the west coast of Florida. It's going to bring a lot of rain. Winds are going to be very strong. That's going to cause big waves crash on beaches and shores in Florida. Beaches. It's going to bring very strong winds... A lot of fray, pretty strong winds in Florida. It's going to knock off power. It's going to bring down power lines and snap tree branches and half. It's going to bring a lot of fray in the state of Florida, especially on the east coast of Florida. There will be big waves crashing up beaches and shores in Florida. Beaches. It's going to bring heavy downpours, wind-driven rain, sideways rain, and may do some damage to the buildings as well. People in Florida... Be prepared. Be prepared. Be prepared. Have your rubber boots ready. Have your ankle ready. Rubber ready. Rubber boot, boot. boots ready. Boots. Go tight. Wear your ankle ready. Rubber boots ready. Go to keep it dry. Make sure to order pizzas and order Chinese food. Buy and Pepsi. Buy and Coke. Pizza. Make sure if you Sam yeah, Samsung Galaxy Shards. Samsung Galaxy Smartphone Shards. Samsung Galaxy Tablet Shards. What? Smartphone Brought you Apple by Samsung. Samsung Tablet Shards. Have your Tracy Ready. I'm good for him. Make sure to stay away from each. The dog on your shorts. When a hurricane gets bad. Don't stay indoors. And don't go outside. Don't Make go, sure every so. emergency kit's medical, gets flashlights, candles, extra batteries, generators, battery operators, and bottled water ready as well. Okay. For people living in Florida, including Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and Miami, Florida, as well, if everybody living in in Florida be prepared for Hurricane Dorian on Sunday, September 1st, 2019. Take care, stay safe. Don't get caught in the hurricane. Stay. Drive you safe. Oh my gosh.
4: He must listen to the show. Stay dry. Stay dry.
8: He said oh, that stay was a dry. Shot. You have
5: to make a drop stay. of that. Dry, be safe.
4: Stay dry and be safe. Listen, <laughs> all of that is fantastic information. I don't know
5: why he has a problem with the word beaches. Uh, well, and also, he, you know, he's Canadian because he was talking about millimeters of rain, and we need inches, people. We need inches. Right, Frankie.
4: well, I did the math 30 millimeters of rain is six feet of rain. No, I'm not good at conversions. I I just no 30 millimeters is approximately one inch of rain. <laughs> I don't know if his numbers are right. OK, because that seems a very, very little rain for a hurricane.
5: Well, since I do work for CNBC, I've been checking how these stocks are trading based on this. And of course, it's a huge day in the market. The Dow's up like way over 300 points. Home Depot, everybody's going to Home Depot. Home Depot shares today up uh, two and a half percentage points, better than the market. And then I looked at Allstate because, you know, Allstate's going to be you. If you're in good hands in Florida, you're going to be calling next week. Allstate shares are up today. Not not as much as the market is, Hmm. but everything seems to be up right now. Does Allstate do the mayhem commercials? Ah uh, yes, you're in okay. good hands with with President Palmer and the Mayhem guy. I think they're all great. Those then you have J.K. Simmons with um uh, uh farmers. Farmers, yeah. Then you have uh, Flo. No. With Prudential, you don't like Flo. I don't
4: like Flo. Pro- yeah. progressive.
5: Progressive. <laughs> See, no. Got, who does State? what is State Farm? And like a good neighbor. Yeah. They have uh, all the athletes. Yeah, they have the athletes. Oh, right. Athletes. Yeah. Oh, they're funny. You got Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. This, this oh, and you've got his agent versus his agent. Right. See, I think the insurance ads are the funniest ones out there.
4: Isn't that weird? Because it's the most boring That's product. Why. That's why. That's why. Coming back, uh, Jane sent an email last night where she questioned oh, whether man. or not her own grandson is an American.
0: Yeah.
4: Oh. We'll explain this whole uh, kerfuffle, shall we say. Yeah, I over had a heart the, attack. <laughs> the Customs and Immigration Service talking about automatic citizenship for children of some U.S. troops and workers living overseas.
5: Mm, Just, I'm going to need to.
4: Gary and Shannon will continue in a moment. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app.
5: In fact, once Chargers programming starts on KFI at 5 p.m., KFI programming will continue on the app.
4: John and Ken Show will continue. The Conway Show they will be on the iHeartRadio app tonight as the Chargers take on the 49ers up in Santa Clara. That's where uh, Shannon is. Jane, <coughs> Jane Wells in for Shannon today. <laughs> Bless her. She's claiming to be sick. Is that what she does now when she goes on these football trips? Um, we, uh, we've we been following a bunch of stories. The James Comey story, of course. The Department of Justice Inspector General said that James Comey violated FBI policies when he uh, wrote down memos and then uh, handed those memos over to a friend and had the friend release them to the New York Times. Uh, He broke FBI policy, but they said they weren't going to charge him with a crime. Also, Lawrence O'Donnell from MSNBC took to the air last night to apologize for a story he did the night before about supposed Russian ties to Donald Trump's finances. He apologized for reporting it. Which uh because
5: it did not meet the stringent standards for reporting,
4: right? Could have been a complete fabrication, but he didn't say that. He just said, "Well, we just didn't run it through the right uh, that it wasn't ready for reporting yet." Yeah. So, the
5: make of that what you will.
4: <laughs> the seven people who watched MSNBC really. No, I, I like, no,
5: I, I beg to differ. MSNBC is actually doing very well in this uh anti-Trump era. Rachel, fourteen
4: Mattath- people who watched MSNBC <laughs> then. They doubled their audience overnight. Well,
5: one of them was a the president because he won't stop tweeting about it this day. Today.
4: <laughs> well, he's a, are you kidding? What a win for that guy. I, uh, of course yeah, he's going to take know, the victory lap that. I know. I on know. That. Fake
5: news writ large. Jane sent me an email
4: last night. She oh. said, I don't know if my grandson is an American citizen.
5: All right. My grandson was born last month in Okinawa. Not on that's, the military.
4: That's not in the United
5: States. No, that's not. That is in the country of Japan. My uh-huh. son is a captain in the United States Marine Corps. My daughter-in-law is Japanese but has a green card. And so this story comes out last night And this update from the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services saying that um, they're getting a little clearer on what babies born outside the U.S. to people who are Americans will automatically be considered Americans, people who are in the military, people who work for the U.S. government, people in the military – who have volunteered to defend this country and who are sent overseas by the U.S. government, your kid, in some cases, is now not automatically a U.S. citizen. I went red alert on this and started doing some research to make sure that, by the way, for what it's worth, (laughs) my family goes back much further in this country than Donald Trump's family does.
4: Scoreboard. Jane just yelled, scoreboard. Yeah, uh,
5: and, and, and under this policy, if his children, or no, if Barron, right. born to his immigrant wife, was born outside, you know, all these kinds of, what about his mom? How long was she here before, you know, was she, in, this sort of thing makes me crazy. So I looked online, and uh, the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services has tried to update it with an infographic that the that it affects, it's still not clear, it affects children born to non-US citizen parents but adopted by a US citizen, okay, or including a service member after their birth. If you're a kid that has non-US citizen parents but they are lawful permanent residents of the US government and they're an employee or in the US service member who naturalized only after the child's birth, or and then there's this complicated thing, you have two US citizen government employee or service member parents who do not meet the residence or physical presence requirements to transmit citizenship to their child. Because there's a whole thing like you have to be in the country for the last few years. It has put a lot of stress, particularly on military members, who um, often, this is particularly true of the Philippines, use service in the military as a pathway to citizenship. And my look, my family, we were suddenly stressed out last night, and you have... Uh, Someone from uh, the American Forest Service Association saying, you know, forcing members to go through bureaucratic hurdles for no apparent reason just to get their children naturalized as American citizens does a great disservice to people who have dedicated their lives to serving their country. And uh, the military folks uh, uh, is saying in particular this as if the military, if you're living overseas, you don't have enough to stress out about right now. My question is why? Why is the president this? I thought at first this really is fake news. Here's a guy who loves the military. Why would he want to go after people who are naturalized or allowed to be serving our country abroad to defend it from foreign enemies? He's going to make it harder for them to get their children declared Americans.
4: I don't have an explanation for that. The only the only... Mental math, I think you could do to explain it is that there is a fear that people are exploiting the system. This is not one of those. Yeah, this the, is not the, one of those weaknesses no. that I've heard held up as a as a potential point for people to exploit to get into the country to do nefarious things.
5: Right? I no. These are people who are serving our country right. at, at at times dying for this country. Now you can go through this process of trying to get your kid. Uh, you have to apply before they're 18 to try and get them to be an American citizen, but they are not automatically considered Americans in this particular case. And I just think of all the things you're going to go after, all the the people you're going to upset, this, this is the
4: group? This is an example, though, of what happens with this administration where it doesn't have to be from the White House. It can be something. U.S. Citizenship and Immigration yeah, Services. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, the, there are policies that are put out long before they've been vetted by anybody or anything. There's this. The policy paper was then followed up with, like you said, the infographic, and there was a correction that went out late last night to explain, very convolutedly, but to explain the specifics of who would be... Eligible and who, and I'm still be not
5: 100 clear. And that's the thing is why would you why do why this why are you clarifying this why is this a priority now what sparked this now I have to think that once the president once it percolates up sure this gonna be the end of that I, no I really do think that I mean if 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 this is so out of as much as he does not like anybody coming into this country look. It seems to me that oh yeah, you want to come in this country and 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 invest a million dollars, we'll give you a green card. Or if yeah, you, if you're an engineer, oh yeah, please come in. Right. But if you're the kid of someone who's in the Marine Corps, that that's that. There's
4: going to be a higher hurdle for you. Yeah, that that, that I don't understand. The bar should be the bar should be relatively low. And about yes. you, you want to serve this country. Great. Here's here's a little fancy card that says that you are not. But you have to do something. You have to actually serve. You can't just come in and suck off the teat of what yeah. it is. And the, by
5: the way, we're gonna we're we don't know if we're gonna let your kids come in unless you go through these other hurdles of of you know trying to get them U.S. It's it, I can't. I kept thinking all night. This is not true. This is not true. This cannot be happening. Maybe because it's such. A, but if this were to affect my grandchild at all, this is the one thing. This is the hill. This is man, uh yeah, I'm putting my flag on. I'm gonna start throwing Molotov cocktails over this. No, this will be when I go ballistic.
4: Uh we just got word that Jane has been picked up for inciting a riot. You
5: go come get me.
4: All right. We come back. Joel Schumacher, the movie director. <laughs> Joel Schumacher says he and Wilt Chamberlain have something in common.
5: Uh, I did the math.
4: Oh, great. (laughs) When we come back, Gary and Shannon will continue. Jane Wells in for Shannon today.
8: So
2: why don't you just meet me in the middle? In the middle. Baby. Why don't you just meet me in the middle?
4: Gary and Shannon. KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. By the way, you can share... The Gary and Shannon Show on the iHeartRadio app. When you're listening to it, a little, little box with an arrow in it right there at the bottom of the page. You can click that and you can send it to your friends or your enemies.
5: I'm not hearing you.
4: Oh.
5: Yeah, go ahead. How's, you-
4: how's that now? No?
5: No. I can hear you. I'll just take these off. Okay. <laughs> You too could fill in on a top-rated <laughs> radio show in the second-largest media market in the United States.
4: Uh, big stories include uh, Wall Street today. The Dow is up 355 points right now. I guess we got word from China that they're gonna they're gonna put their guns back in their holster. They had
5: said they're going to proceed calmly, and the president says talks are happening at a new level.
4: <laughs> is this where the two cowboys are in the middle of the street in some old West town, and they're I both know. just standing there? And then somebody says, "We uh, there's got to be something calm we can do around here." Mm, I don't,
5: I don't know. And then bubbles come out of the guns. Yeah, yeah. Or
4: they're just the, the little, flag, yeah, flag that says <laughs> "pow" on it, or something. well,
5: or because they, they care about what the crowd around them is saying. Like the crowd around is saying, don't shoot, don't shoot, don't shoot, don't shoot. Not on a Sunday. Right, and and they're going to say, all right, well, we're going to put our guns away and go have a drink for an hour.
4: Uh, Democrats uh, trying to get the party nomination. There will be 10 of them on the debate stage coming up in a couple of weeks. Biden, Booker, Buttigieg, Castro, Harris, Klobuchar, O'Rourke, Sanders, Warren, and Yang. One of them who failed to qualify, Kirsten Gillibrand, the senator from New York has decided that she is out of the race and since she is on producer nick's presidential election fantasy league team he has to compose a love letter to kirsten gillibrand which we will hear during swamp watch it's
5: gonna up. be hard to top blake's last week that was pretty good that was,
4: that was pretty good uh vulture did a very long interview with director it's also producer um costume designer Joel Schumacher.
5: Yeah, this thing's like War and Peace. I mean, this guy's, nobody lengthy. gets this much ink.
4: Well, I, I first of all, I don't remember that Joel Schumacher was still with us, but that's a different story. Seventy nine, all kinds of incredible movies that he's uh, been associated with that you remember. Car Wash was probably the first one that made a a splash. <laughs> he was a writer on The Wiz. He did St. Elmo's Fire, The Lost Boys, Flatliners, uh, Batman Forever, Batman and Robin, A Time to Kill, 8 Millimeter, The Client. Um, he, he did all kinds of these movies. And in this long, just deep interview that he did with Andrew Goldman from Vulture, there are a couple things that stood out. One of them, uh, he talked about, he, he used these words, I was born for drugs and alcohol. I had no period of adjustment at all. And he said, I never, a lot of people throw up. They have blackouts. I never did. I have an enormous tolerance for drugs and alcohol. He said he started drinking at the age of nine, started smoking at 11, uh, and started, or sorry, smoking at 10, and fooling around sexually when he was 11 years old.
5: Men and women, older people. Uh, Yeah, this is one of those, um, I did it all, and I'm 79 and still here. And he did it all this is he did one of these this is the part of the the interview that i start to smell something doesn't pass the stink test okay (laughs) this is a question your friend liz smith said you referred to yourself as a sexual outlaw have you ever guessed the number of partners you've had and he said it would be in the double digit thousands but that is not unusual double digit thousands you mean like two thousand or three thousand that's not double digits that's single digits Oh, so 20,000 or 30,000, somewhere in there, or 10, or 20. That's really amazing. It's not for a gay male because it's available. Okay, so I did the math. Yes. He's 79. Okay. Let's assume he had started having sex at 14. So let's assume he's had sex for uh, 65 years. 65 years. That is 23,725 days. If you are in the double-digit thousand. That means you have had sex with one new person every day for the last 65 years. Um, Because he said double-digit thousands, which means I think more than 10,000. I think he's at least claiming 20,000. Well,
4: and even if it's just 10,000, that's still sex with one new person every every other other day. day.
5: Yeah, new person. Not like the same person three days in a row no you got to go out and meet and that's assuming that he's still getting sex every day with a new person he's never met now at
4: 79 yeah i uh put a condom on yeah well i don't know how many i don't know if he's credited i should say with having any children um
5: (sighs) the other thing that i found interesting in it is he did name names about people in hollywood oh this was great yeah
4: the whole Batman thing—he went after uh, Tommy Lee Jones, called him an a-hole. That's not new. He did that in People Magazine. He said he was fabulous on the client, but he wasn't kind to Jim Carrey <laughs> when Jim Carrey played the Riddler and uh, and Tommy Lee Jones was Harvey Dent, uh, Two Face.
5: He also said uh, Val Kilmer was psychotic. Who was also Batman? Do you know Tommy Lee Jones was Al Gore's roommate, roommate at Harvard? College, yeah. yeah. So Val Val Kilmer was psychotic. And Tommy Lee Jones was an a-hole. And I have had sex with one new person every day for the last 65 years. And Vulture goes on. Honestly, you would think they were talking to a president. Scorsese. Yeah. Yeah. Because Schumacher hasn't
4: done anything for eight years, at least not movie-wise.
5: Well, and not everything he did was like a home run,
4: you know. All right. When we come back, um, the latest on the earthquake off the Oregon coast. But an interesting thing about after our Ridgecrest earthquakes in the beginning of July – Earthquake insurance policies went up. What? That's a good sales point right there. Because I
8: want to go back to the days in the past when everything was easy. But I'm holding you close and I'm letting it go. Cause baby, you're the reason. I got, I got, I got a good feeling. I got a
7: good feeling. I got, I got, I got a good feeling about you. Kerry and Shannon.
4: Feeling afi AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app on this Thursday, August 29th. A couple things to uh, take note of. First of all, we have tickets to see Trisha Yearwood and tickets to see the Chainsmokers coming up. We'll tell you how you can win those. The iHeartRadio Theater right across the street here in Burbank. Also, Chargers game tonight. Chargers' final preseason game is up in Santa Clara against the 49ers. Pre-game will be at uh, 5 o'clock over the air, of course. uh, The John and Ken show will continue on the iHeartRadio app, as will the Conway show tonight. You'll hear it on the iHeartRadio app while the Chargers are playing over the air. Big stories that we'll get to, uh, of course, again. We already talked about James Comey having been found to have violated FBI policies but not uh, committed a crime in terms of anything that would be prosecutable. Uh, we'll talk uh, about that coming up in Swamp Watch, and also Hurricane Dorian that is bearing down on Florida. It looks like uh, it could potentially reach Category Four by the time it makes landfall late Sunday or early Monday. I have, but, yeah,
5: I have breaking political news. Oh, who is this now? Daryl Issa is considering running against Duncan Hunter. So Issa's seat flipped Democrat in 2018, and so I guess he's going to move. It's the district right next door. And with Hunter, a fellow Republican who's facing all those corruption charges, sure. Daryl Ice, uh, I guess, wants back in the game. <laughs> so he's going to move. They
4: keep pulling me back in. Hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, outside of Hurricane Dorian, there is other natural disasters to talk
8: about. Earthquake about
4: three hours ago now there was an earthquake off the coast of oregon they said initial 6.3 magnitude quake about 150 miles off the coast not too deep five miles or so uh that was felt along the bay uh, people in coos bay people in portland said they felt it some people in washington state said they felt it but there was no tsunami expected from the earthquake the follow-up to the Ridgecrest earthquakes, the Searles Valley earthquake sequence, as they call it, is that more and more people are uh, jumping on the old uh, earthquake insurance policy train.
5: Yeah, well, 90% of uh, homeowners or, or uh, commercial building owners in this state do not have earthquake insurance because it's so expensive. So the California Earthquake Authority, which recognizes this number, has been trying to compel people, like, look, it's coming, it's coming, you want to be ready and all it does is to take a little uh, shaking in the morning or whenever to get people to do it. Yeah, so they, they got a uh, 20, almost 24,000 new policies were issued for earthquake insurance in July. That's the second largest monthly net increase in uh, the CEA's 23-year history. There are now over a million structures as of July 31st with earthquake insurance in California, which tells you then that there are, what, 9 million that mm-hmm. are not. Do you have earthquake insurance? Yes. I do too.
4: Yeah, I've I've I constantly struggle with the. Yeah, I don't want to say constantly, but when I do look at it, I struggle with the idea: is it enough? Right. I can say I have earthquake insurance, but I know what that entails. Yeah, and the numbers are a little bit flabbergasting.
5: Well. After the Northridge quake, which we had it, because of course you're really just insuring against a complete loss. I mean, the right. deductible's so high, and right. it's based on the, the the value of the structure of the home, not on the land underneath it. So you may have a, a house you could sell for I don't know half a million dollars, but half of that's the land. So it's two hundred fifty thousand dollars that you're actually insuring, and then and then what is it fifteen percent of that? So you got to get. So after the Northridge quake, we we stopped earthquake insurance for 10 years because i thought all right we get 10 you know it's not going to happen again for 10 years so in 2004 why would lightning strike me twice exactly yeah well it was a gamble but it's, right. it's expensive and so then in 2004 we started up again and of course we've been paying for the last 15 years for nothing but that's how insurance companies make money right
4: and that's how they but that's how they're going to pay out eventually right. Is right when they do have to pay out they've got your money from the last
5: fifteen, and then they years. leave the state and won't insure you anymore I was in Parkfield. Oh, I, I meant to tell you this. Right. So I was in Parkfield this week because at a cattle ranch. This is fascinating. Uh, Kevin Kester, former head of the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, is there. It's got 22,000 acres, 500 head of cattle. He's right on the San Andreas Fault. So he told me that they've had this PVC pipe in the ground uh, since the 70s to, to get water out to some of the cattle out in pasture. And all of a sudden, a couple of weeks ago, it wasn't functioning anymore and they've got two miles of this pvc pipe and they're searching for a leak they can't find it they can't find it they start digging and he finally finds this piece the the entire piece they cut out is about uh, two and a half feet long and in the middle of it is a 15 inch kink where he says the tectonic plates over the last 43 years have moved 15 inches to create this kink in his PVC pipe, it was an amazing thing, and it just shows you, oh man, you know, oh the Earth does move.
4: Does constantly it's always especially moving. in that area in Parkfield? Well, yeah. They constantly say that they feel earthquakes, and if you look at one of the, you know, uh, U.S. Geological Survey has maps you can check out online of the con- of just updated earthquakes. Yeah, they're they're small, but. You know, all day long, Parkfield is going, you know, 1.6 earthquake, a 1.9, down 1.3, but they're constantly moving.
5: He told me, when was that Paso Robles quake where somebody died? Two thousand four. Yeah. He said he was out on his property when that happened, and he was looking at the hills. Because, of course, you're a fault line. There are mountains right there. The hills were moving, uh, undulating, like you were opening a, a tablecloth over a dining table, like you were you were opening it out and it's just sort of fluttering and moving he said it was uh, very scary
4: yeah i can i can't imagine i drive when i go to my parents place i have you have to drive right across the san andreas fault i mean a couple times technically but that part where right near where james dean was killed at the right. intersection of 41 and 46 46? yep yep in Sholam, i think is what they call yeah, it yeah yeah the you can if you know where to look When you go across, you know, where 41 and 46 come together, if you know where to look, you can clearly see (laughs) the San Andreas Fault going from, you know, from underneath the roadway straight out southbound towards the hills and northbound up towards Parkfield.
5: Yeah. I don't know. How often do your parents feel the earth shake?
4: Well, they felt, I lied, it was 2003, that earthquake that uh, damaged Paso Robles. They refer to it as the San Simeon quake, but they were there at the time. They were, they didn't live at the house at the time, but they were in San Miguel at the time of that earthquake uh, and were up moving around so they didn't necessarily feel it. They knew something was different. Something was weird. But I was over there on 4th of July oh, for the earthquake that hit in Ridgecrest. Yeah. And I was the only one who felt it. I was sitting down at the time, 10 in the morning, whatever time it was, and I was sitting down and thought, you know what? I haven't had a beer yet, and it's the 4th of <laughs> July. I wonder if that was an actual earthquake or... And I, you know, so that was, they feel them
5: a lot. But, yeah, we're in this mode now. And if you've lived here a long time, you know what it's like. Where, and the Ridgecrest thing, there wasn't that rumble. You usually get, like, a nice little rumble. And you're like, what? And then things, you're kind of like, is this an earthquake? And then you sit there and wait to see, is this going to get strong? And usually for me, because I'm such a, like, what? That by the time it's like, oh, you know, maybe I ought to do something. It's start, It's on the down slope. Yeah.
4: I notice it if I'm sitting in my house... Everybody's house creaks, right? It's yeah. just a. I yes, don't, I don't know if that's a West Coast thing, and I grew up with it, but I, it's, I'm not freaked out by it. But the moment I hear the house creak, yes, I go, oh, here we go. Yeah, it's a grab creaking. on and, Here we go.
5: Yeah, you're not supposed to get in the doorway anymore. They say you're supposed to get under something or go outside. Whatever. Again, I'll be standing there like, what? Yeah, I'll just let the house. Fall I remember up, the, it me. was the '87 quake in Whittier, which was the first time the car alarms started going off. That was like – because I was here for the 71 quake. I'm old. I'm old.
4: You mentioned uh, just the idea of him saying it looked like the – Yeah,
5: like a a fluttering, a a fluttering open a sheet.
4: In 89, uh, the Loma Prieta quake when I was living up in – I was in (laughs) high school at the time. But I remember looking out through my front door from the living room straight out through the house, out the front door. Yeah. And the street looked like it was moving. Yeah. Yeah.
5: We haven't had a good – that Westwood quake a couple years ago was kind of the closest thing we've had in the metropolitan area. That's sort of like, oh, yeah, you know, where people said they fell off the bed.
4: Hey, do you want to talk to that officer from Upland?
5: (gasps) Is yes.
4: He's on right now.
5: Jake Waste? Yes. Officer Waste? Is this you, officer?
6: Yeah, yeah, it's me.
5: Oh, my gosh. So you – oh, my God.
4: Can, can we, what do we want to do? Yeah, you yeah. Wanna, yeah, yeah.
5: Do,
4: you do you have a few minutes? Can you come? Can you come back on with us? Uh, yeah, about- like
5: we gotta we gotta pay the bills, but we want to talk to you because you're a superstar, and everybody wants to come to Upland now to get arrested.
6: <laughs> yeah, apparently they do. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever you guys need, just you can call oh me back God, or whatever. I'm so works. Oh, I'm awesome. such
5: a cougar moment.
6: Hang, hang, so hang on tight. One
5: second. Oh, folks, this guy is a viral <laughs> sensation. Officer Jake Waste, check it out. Yeah, people, men even want to go to Upland to get busted now. Okay, when we come back, we're going to hear from the man himself, who's now a superstar. I
0: do declare.
5: Am I cougar? I don't want to be. Okay,
4: stop it.
5: Wow. Well,
4: you're a grandma. You're a snow leopard. (laughs) Gary and Shannon will continue. Jane Wells in for Shannon today. Gary and Shannon. KFI AM six forty live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app.
5: Can we just get to it? Are you going to be okay? <laughs> I've never <laughs> seen
4: you bounce like that. I know. It's ridiculous. Uh, well, listen, uh, the Upland Police Department is getting some publicity. Unintentional, maybe, unless somebody had some great vision here. Uh, they put a Facebook photo um, to explain, basically, that they hire all kinds of people. And they used to, I guess, have a rule that said you couldn't have tattoos, at least not visible ones, and work for the Upland Police Department. Well, um, Officer Jake Waste does have tattoos, and he's in one on of his their...
5: massive. Okay, his massive. <laughs> all right, all
4: <laughs> arms. right, all right. And it's uh...
5: and they're hiring, and this was a recruiting video, and it's gone crazy.
4: Now there is a hashtag called uh, that says everyone wants a taste of Officer Waste.
5: Yeah, which you can only say because he's a guy. He's on the phone. Let's just get to the man himself, Jake Waste. Are you there? <laughs> I am here how are you great great so this this thing comes out on August 22nd it goes nuts over the last week what what has the reaction been like for you personally
6: uh, it's just been it's been pretty funny you know like I said I, I was I fell asleep after you know I had a, I worked graveyard so then I you know I went home took a nap. And I woke up and my phone was blowing up from all the stuff that was going on. And all my coworkers were obviously hitting me up and giving me a bunch of crap about it. But yeah, like you like you guys said, it was just supposed to be a recruiting picture for the tattoos. Um, so it ended up turning into something crazy. It's been a whirlwind ever since.
5: What's the weirdest re- comment you've gotten?
8: <laughs>
6: <laughs> I haven't, like, I don't think even, I mean, obviously we've seen like the dirty, nasty ones, right? So I think a few people have seen those. But I think one of like the, most off-the-wall ones is when I was I was scrolling through it, and a lady commented, like she's like, that is a beautiful cop car. And obviously <laughs> when you read it, you know, it's not to be cocky, but when you read it, you're like, oh, she, you know, she's joking. And so I clicked on the comments, and she goes, I don't think, if somebody posts back, I don't think this lady's kidding, because she has pictures on pictures on pictures of cop cars in her profile i'm like oh wow she really does genuinely like the cop car (laughs) of all things that came up that one would probably crack me up the most
4: that is hilarious get that dude out of the way he's blocking the
5: car (laughs) with his massive (laughs) massive arms what oh yeah what yeah what does he curl i have to know what do you curl and what are the tats
6: I don't know. How, I not I don't. That's not my main my main focus. But I think you know. Usually, if we're going to do a lot of quite a bit of reps, it's usually about forty to forty five pounds in each arm. So it's nothing too crazy.
5: And what do your tattoos say? I can't read them on there. Um. So actually,
6: so my on the bottom side of my arm, it's uh, "Old oh, Man, Look at My Life." I'm a lot like you, and that's kind of a reference to me and my dad's relationship. We have a me and my dad are kind of like a, you know brothers just on the way that we act and we you if you saw my dad and then you saw me be you'd be like oh wow these guys are exactly our mannerisms everything's the same so that's kind of a dedication to him and then uh and then when you work your way up it literally just refers to my family just kind of the trials and tribulations that we've been through and and uh just kind of a family meaning tattoo
5: i need to get to the most important thing are you taken
6: I do have a girlfriend. We've been together for about three and a half years, and we have a uh, two fur babies together. We've got a big old German Shepherd, and oh, then a uh, little black. Hang cat. Jake, hang so. up, Jake,
5: three and <laughs> hang a out, half, out. three and a half years. Come on, what's the plan?
7: <laughs> Put a
6: ring on it. Or... I know, I know. It's either it's either get, you know get going or get off the floor, yeah, right? Yeah, so.
5: yeah. No, I yeah, <laughs> no pressure. Uh, what now? Right. Did you have a hard time getting hired because of the tattoos? Why did you want to become a police officer?
6: So I've always wanted to be a police officer ever since I was a kid. You know, I kind of – nobody in my family necessarily, just the – I grew up around tow trucks, right? So when I was, you, we'd go out on calls and everything. I thought that being a police officer was like the coolest thing ever, right? And it's something that I looked up to. And then when I went into school, I started off with a nursing degree. I was eventually going to be, or, you know, initially going to be a nurse. And then Whoa. with my athletics. up, uh, I'd be okay, in ER. E. Yeah, yeah it. doctor, it
5: was... doctor, get out of the way. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I know. This is so gross. <laughs> I'm okay. like, I could be your mother. That's this okay. is disgusting. Him too.
6: <laughs> but, uh. But yeah, so I was a college athlete. Um, so nursing, and when you have to do all the clinicals, it just wasn't you know in the book. So then I I just went back to the criminal justice side, and and ever since then I've just been uh, I've just been you know locked in with this. So initially getting getting a job, I was worried about the tattoos. Right when I went when I went below my elbow, I was like ah maybe that maybe it won't work, maybe it will. But it, you know a lot of de- a lot of guys, you'd be amazed how many cops, how many officers have tattoos. How many are fully both sleeves done up. Um, you'd be really shocked at how much, how many you'd see. Um, but we we usually have to, we usually have to wear long sleeves. I mean, obviously in California, um, it's the hot summer months, so the you need these guys to, you know, it might be nicer, more happened. comfortable for your officers, right? <laughs> so, uh, so you know, it's more comfortable for these guys to, you know, wear shorter sleeves. So that's kind of, I was really excited when it when it got relieved, just because you know, always wearing long sleeves, but. It's it's a good thing I think it's a progressive move in uh, policing.
5: Well, they they need to hire. And bottom line is the pro- did the marketing work? Are applications up? And and what is the ratio of new applicants in the last week, male to female?
6: <laughs> my my I, I I'm not on that side. That's our you know our training and and all those guys hiring standards. But um no, I think my my understanding was somebody told me that there was there was a, there was a spike um as as soon as everything came out there was a spike of X amount. I think the first day there was like 30 additional or something like that so i think the spike has gone up um which is you know and i think it will continue to go up not necessarily because of the picture but the understanding that we do have a tattoo policy that got lifted and we're accepting of you know this this newer generation of people who were tattoos are acceptable
4: and cool cars
6: <laughs> Yeah, yeah yeah exactly and cool cars apparently so.
4: awesome well, listen, uh, Jake. I'm, we're we're happy for you. We're glad that this is a, a turned out to be a very positive and fun story. And I hope it doesn't cause any rift between you and
6: your woman,
5: <laughs> or that. Oh no, no, it's all good. Or that honestly, people are not driving to Upland to commit crimes and and uh, saying I will yeah. only surrender yeah, to Jake Waste.
6: <laughs> <laughs> that's the biggest thing. I, like I said, I, just, I don't don't come to Upland to commit any crime. <laughs> There's no need for that. If you want to come say hi, just come say hi.
4: <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, uh, Officer Jake Wace from the Upland Police Department, thank you. Thank you thank for what you. you do, by the way. And yeah. I know that this is a surprise course, to you, but course. this is thank uh, we're, we're thankful for people like you. So thank
6: you. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate
5: uh, it. Tessa, do you want to be a cop now?
6: Yeah, this is... Uh,
5: no, I'm mad. Oh, because oh, he's taken. I'm wants, bitter Betty over here. No, but three and a half years. I, mean, you, yeah,
4: I think that's criminal? an opportunity. Hey, I bu-
5: think three and a half years. You've got a. You've got a potential opening there. And Thank curling. You,
4: Jane. Curling forty-five pounds isn't that much. Yeah, oh, I was oh, expecting fifty oh, or sixty. Oh, Thank you, Gary. I'm sorry. I cons- mean, cons-
5: look at those. Or did arms. he
4: say forty-five in one hand?
5: Oh, I'm sure that's what he meant.
4: Oh. <laughs>
5: you, <laughs> Gary thought that that'd was be, his back squat. That'd be a little fatiguing. <laughs> like he's doing 20 pounds in each long arm. Long. No, uh, I can do that.
4: We got, you got to go onto the social media. If you haven't seen his picture yet, uh, it's, uh, I get it. He's beautiful. I get it. Oh, and if you're interested, story. And if you're interested, you can go to uplandpd.org uh, and find out information about their recruiting practices.
5: So Thank you for bringing us back to that. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason, I'm, right? I just embarrassed myself, I think. It was great. Thank you. I love him. Can I just say that? I yes, love we him. Need a, we need a
7: kerchief can, or something for her to
4: dab her brow. <laughs> Coming back, we'll put a cold shower on it with some homelessness talk, oh, okay?
5: Okay, done. Uh, yeah.
4: Gary and Shannon will continue with Jane Wells in for Shannon today. <gasps> Gary and Shannon. KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. We are going to put uh, Officer Yum Yum's photo up on social media. So if you missed the interview,
5: uh, you could listen to it. Would we'll- you call that an interview? It's more like a fawning. Uh- Jane Wells embarrasses herself. And I don't you know. know i had a journalist? whole
4: list of questions for the guy. You just <laughs> ran right over him.
5: He's Upland Officer Jake Waste. He's gone viral. Uh, yes. Yeah. So we just did the interview, and it's going to be, what, on Facebook? Our Facebook page? Your Facebook page? I'm it just will be, on. yes.
4: We'll make sure we throw it. And what's, listen, I know he's a handsome guy, but, I mean, there's there's got to be 30,000 police officers well, right. in greater Southern California.
5: It was He's the look the out of his one. eyes. It was also the way he handled himself during the interview.
4: He was, that's a great, it was a great sport. Yes. He's had a great attitude about this. Yes. And I don't think they intended necessarily for that to be a no. result of it, but they scored when they, when they picked that
5: guy. And according to that one woman who commented, he has an awesome cop car. Wheels, wheels.
4: That was weird. Uh, all of our trending stories coming up at the top of the hour. At the bottom of next hour, we have to tell you about a uh, another candidate for the Democratic nomination who is gone. Nick is going to read his love letter to the uh, New York Senator Kirsten Gillibrand. Uh, but we want to update you on a couple of homeless stories, homelessness stories. There's a legal settlement that uh, restricts the city from clearing homeless, homeless encampments. It is going to stay in place. Now, to just kind of do a a quick, try to do this chronologically. In 2016, some homeless people and their advocates.
5: Okay, that's always a difference. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs)
4: uh, Accused the city of using homeless encampment cleanups to drive homeless people out of downtown. Right. That is the definition of... Cleaning, cleaning up a homeless encampment. Yes. Okay. They said that that was exactly what they were trying to do. Anyway, the lawsuit said you can't do that. So the judge ordered the city specifically to stop confiscating the property. And unless, at the time, they were at the time they were confiscating and destroying much of that property, right. unless it was evidence that they could keep evidence of a crime or, or drugs or something like that, or. or an immediate threat to public safety or health, which would be, as an example,
2: Typhus?
4: an example might be needle or your pet rat, Typhus? whatever. Typhus Typhus is an issue. So the city settled, right? The city settled and kept some of those rules in place where they would confiscate homeless people's property, but make it available for pickup three days within three days. Or if it's something timely like medication, you could pick it up within 24 <laughs> hours, right?
5: Like Like at the impound lot?
4: Yes. Something like, like when that. when
5: they tow your car and you have to go find it. Uh,
4: well, they have the those garbage can style storage things. Yeah, it's... who
5: wants to be the person who's in charge of administering that? Okay, oh. I got the stuff here. Uh, okay, uh, you are. And what did we take? Uh, let me see your ID. Uh, can you describe the shopping cart?
4: Right. Can you describe the cat skull that you've kept with you for so long that you that little Mitzi needs? Listen, the Downtown Los Angeles Alliance now. Accuse the city of negotiating in secret and cutting out the business people because business owners are now saying because these homeless encampments keep coming back, they're not being cleaned mm-hmm. out. It's a threat to our uh, our businesses, not only the risk of fire damage, um, but the risk of vandalism has increased exponentially in recent years.
5: Um, uh, just. Put a pin in that. I'm just trying to think who pays the taxes that supports nope. the services no, 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 in the no. city of Los Angeles?
4: No, I said this is who exactly provides... what I said yesterday. It's people legislating based on feelings. The city of L.A. is mm. legislating uh, with this lawsuit. This settlement is based on feelings. We feel like it's unfair to confiscate someone's tent, mm-hmm. sleeping bag, whatever it is, and, and get rid of it. And we don't feel
5: bad for the guy who's selling, um, I don't know, shirts. No. Right we're, we don't feel bad for the guy who pays for
4: the sidewalk right. that that other guy's sleeping on. Because
5: he's the man, and and he he's oppressing he, the other people. And he'll figure it out. Right. He'll be okay. Now,
4: what the judge did say, the judge in this case did leave uh, a crack in the door and said... If these allegations are true, which I don't know how they wouldn't be, but if there is an increased risk of fire, increased risk of vandalism, uh, and that they are traceable to this settlement specifically that disallows the city from from confiscating and and destroying some of this stuff, then, in fact, the businesses should bring about separate litigation. Sue in a different lawsuit.
5: So so the burden is on the business owners – The burden is on the business owners to go out and hire an attorney and file a lawsuit for the city not being able to clear out the trash.
4: But it is an interesting uh, alliance that they have picked up because an attorney for the downtown L.A. Alliance for Human Rights said, this is 100 percent true. We need to have an independent lawsuit here that then allows the business owners in downtown L.A. to be a litigant. They need to have a voice in all of this.
5: Look. We all realize we're not, not all of us are heartless. Uh, We all realize homelessness is the number one crisis, I think, facing California right now. And many things need to be done. And these are human beings and things need to be done. Punishing business owners, creating health hazards, ruining tax revenues is not uh, going in the right direction.
4: No. Um, Speaking of, Governor Newsom has abandoned his promise to appoint a homelessness czar. He had originally said during the campaign he was going to do that and was suggesting a couple of different names. Now he is saying that he is going to put together a homelessness task force that would focus on prevention, rapid rehousing, mental health and more permanent supportive housing, but he is still planning on appointing some sort of a homelessness secretary, which is I I don't know in the we'll grand be quite scheme of things, cabinet
5: level, but will have the same access as a cabinet member. I don't know. What does this mean? Why? What? What is this gobbledygook to me? Okay, we're Again, not going to do this, we're going to do that.
4: He feels like he's doing something, therefore for him, that's doing something.
5: And I'm not creating a new bureaucracy over there at the cabinet. I'm going to instead focus on this existing bureaucracy and expand it over here. Mm. And that will be better for the people of California.
0: Hey,
4: if you're a celebrity and you're starting to feel yourself sort of go down the other side of the hill, maybe you've peaked and you're looking to bring in a... Couple Why are you looking extra, at me? I'm not looking at you. <laughs> and you're looking to bring in a little extra cash. But Seinfeld was 25 years ago. It was. I'm um,
5: still riding that train. We, <laughs>
4: I've got a new website for you. It's called Cameo. Tell you how you can make some bucks on Cameo as a as a... And I'll use the finger quotes as a celebrity. There are
5: real (laughs) celebrities. Dwight Howard's on it. Okay, Okay. there are all. No, it's an amazing business model. uh, And I want to take a deeper dive.
4: Gary and Shannon will continue with Jane Wells in for Shannon today. (laughs) 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Reminder that Chargers play tonight. Final preseason game up in Santa Clara Clara against the 49ers. Pregame is at 5 o'clock. On the iHeartRadio app, the John and Ken show will continue. You'll hear the Conway show on the iHeartRadio app as well. Just about anywhere in the world. We'll get into Swamp Watch at the bottom of next hour. In fact, uh, Brad Garrett, a former agent at the FBI, is going to talk to us today about the Justice Department's Inspector General's report about James Comey and his handling of some memos that were written. talk about what uh, the Inspector General figured out. Cameo is trying to turn 15 minutes of fame into full-fledged stardom. Cameo is a website that allows you to tailor... Uh, Individualize messages to somebody.
5: Well, I, actually what it is, it's got like how many, it has 18,000 celebrities and that's everybody from A-listers to Z-listers at different price points that you pay them and they'll do a quick little video to whoever you want to send it to. If you want to send somebody a birthday message or a proposal or whatever, it's uh company's two years old and I didn't know about it until my kids told me about it because they, they like to send birthday messages from for, like, under $40 from the people from 90 Day Fiance. But then you have, like, really Jeez. people who will ch- charge a few thousand, some real actual names. But Cameo keeps 25% of whatever you pay. So if you're a, a celebrity, and there are some on there that are only charging, like, you know, 40 bucks. you only get $30 out of that. and And I'm... They're a real business. I mean, Kleiner Perkins up in Silicon Valley has invested fifty million dollars. They've they've raised to date sixty five million dollars. So this is no joke, and they want to expand internationally, get more international celebrities to do it. But we, you know, I was down this internet rabbit hole for a good long time Saturday, looking at what celebrities and how much they cost. It's we, amazing. Yeah, we we pulled it.
4: Well, here's uh, here's one
9: you might recognize. When I'm out in public, people constantly ask me, "Would you do a video?" Wishing my cousin happy birthday. Well, here's an opportunity to get your own personal video from me to basically whatever you want.
4: That's Caitlyn Jenner.
5: $2,500. One of the most expensive Cameo things out there. $2,500. You can get like, um, I don't know, Perez Hilton for, you know, 48 or something like that.
4: Yeah, he'll pay you $48. Probably. <laughs> here's one.
8: Yo, what up, everybody? This is your boy, D. Howard. I'm so excited to be on Cameo.
4: Dwight Howard, new Laker. Here's the Or thing. again, Laker. He
5: charges only, and I say this, $200. And in that little pitch he was saying the first 25 people would get half off. Bethany Frankel from Real Housewives sure. of New York. Okay, Dwight Howard, Laker, basketball, so 200 she's charging 275 So what I find fascinating about Cameo is it's a real sort of market indicator of the value of your brand.
4: But you set your own price, right?
5: Exactly. So what do you value yourself? Do you think Dwight Howard, who just signed this bazillion-dollar contract, needs to make $200 doing Cameo? What is that about?
4: Well, and listen, the product itself, in terms of what it takes to make it... was nothing. It's twenty seconds of your life,
5: right? But why? Why does it keep you relevant? Is uh, for somebody who doesn't need money. Now, some people do need money, and the the one that the last one you have, it, I'm just going to say because you're not going to know. It's Riff Raff, a musician, and has been declared by some the worst <laughs> cameo cameo demo in the site.
7: Oh yeah
0: big birthday for Tiger Woods
5: So he's like doing one. an audition Big
0: shout out from Dale D'Antoni. Happy birthday to Mr. Tiger Woods man big <laughs> comeback for you I got Frosty Husky here it's a mini pole there that's right mm. We love you Tig welcome back Hi Dan Tony. Uh.
5: Nobody calls him Tig That's $75 if you want to have riffraff <laughs> Um, and then you look at the reviews and some people have like hundreds and hundreds of reviews and I think a uh, riffraff has like, you know, seven, but I think it's uh, value. So here's the question. Handle was all over this. Yeah. What would somebody pay to have? You should, you should send us, send it on Twitter. What would you pay to have Gary and Shannon do one mm-hmm. handle John and Ken or Conway, uh, Handles already hedging. Well, you're going to say this on the Gary and Shannon show, so it'll be Gary and Shannon listeners. I'm, so, so tw- I'm to Twitter
4: poll. It. I'm going to say, who would you pay the most for? Okay, yeah, Twitter, Twitter poll. Yeah, yeah, excellent. What do we just? I don't know how many options we have. I think
5: you can get four. Okay, so it would be handle GNS, John, okay. and Ken, and Conway. Yeah, yeah,
7: I'll do
4: that. All right, excellent. We'll do that uh, at Gary and Shannon. You'll find that on Twitter here in just a moment. When we come back. All of our trending stories and Swamp Watch in just a few minutes. <laughs> Today, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Chargers game tonight up in Santa Clara against the 49ers. Pregame will start at 5. But on the iHeartRadio app, you will continue to hear the John and Ken show. The Conway show will come along, normal time as well. A couple stories we've been keeping our eyes on today include the hurric- uh, Hurricane Dorian. It's expected to uh, make its way to Florida now, they're saying, probably by Monday. Sometime Monday is when it would make landfall. Uh, Could be a Category 4 storm by the time it hits. Also, that earthquake that hit this morning off the coast of Oregon, about a 6.3, was 150 miles off the coast. They did feel it, but uh, no reports of any damage or anything. And then just in out of New York, the federal judge that's been overseeing the Jeffrey Epstein prosecution has now formally signed the motion by federal prosecutors to officially end their case uh, into the now room temperature sex trafficker slash child rapist. So, what else is going on? Time
7: for What's Happening.
4: Well, these are the stories that are trending the most on social media right now, and uh, Hurricane Dorian is definitely one of the big ones nationwide. Hurricane is uh, forecast to reach Category 3 by Friday and then could potentially be a Category 4 with 130 mile per hour winds by the time it reaches the east coast of Florida on Monday.
5: They're saying that if it hits the east coast with winds of 125 miles an hour, which is a Category 3, it would be the strongest hurricane to hit the east coast of Florida since Andrew in 1992, which was a Category 5 and, of course, oh, just so uh, devastating.
4: Yeah. The good news is, if there is any from, from Dorian so far, is that it did not make landfall in Puerto Rico. It missed Puerto Rico for the most part. Which is great because we were saying – one of the politicians, I don't remember if it was the governor or the mayor of San Juan, who said, listen, one of the things that was the problem with Maria is we weren't afraid of it. Now we're afraid of hurricanes because we know the incredible damage they can do.
5: Which also makes me think about that story, that that quote-unquote scientific survey from years ago that hurricanes named after women are not taken as seriously. Yeah, well – Yeah. Katrina, Rita, Maria – All right. Also, uh, James Comey, the former FBI director, the DOJ Office of Inspector General said that Comey, James Comey, violated DOJ and FBI policies, as well as the FBI's employment agreement, by asking a friend to leak his memos about his meetings with the president to a reporter after he was fired by the president in May 2017. However... The uh, Justice Department has declined to bring charges. This is sort of an interesting like, well, why we're going to talk to Brad Garrett, uh, the former FBI agent, not the comedian, uh, at the bottom of the hour to explain exactly what this difference is between you broke the rules, you didn't break the law, that kind of thing. Don't put him in a box. he might be funny uh, and maybe Brad Garrett the comedian is an FBI. <laughs> And we, Informant. and we never
4: knew. A yeah. uh, Coast Guard ship carrying almost 3,000 pounds of cocaine has arrived in San Pedro. Uh, the Coast Guard cutter Robert Ward is carrying the drugs that are estimated to be worth almost $40 million.
5: Yeah, um, this is almost as big as the bust it made in July of 3,000 pounds of cocaine. So I did the math real quick. $38.5 million, 2,800 pounds of cocaine. That's $13,750 a pound. And I have no idea if that's an up or down, what the market for cocaine is right now in the wholesale. Well, this is a, this will be the retail uh, estimate. 13,000, yeah, Blake.
4: Blake. do you have any idea Blake? if that's a... Nick, Tessa? Up? Yeah, no No. Mm. worries.
5: 14 grand a pound for cocaine, is that a good price? Is that a... It's like Costco. Prices. It's not
4: Terrible mm. the price.
1: It's like a
5: recessionary. Yeah. Is cocaine? I would not That's think cocaine terrible. is recession price. Recession proof. That no. I think cocaine yeah. is one of the first things to go when you have to start. Give me forty-eight cutting.
4: hours, and might be able to find you a better deal. Okay,
5: wow. you got a friend of a friend. I don't have forty-eight and, hours and play. a bulletproof vest. I'm talking cocaine.
4: Uh, all right, there was a uh, a death at Disneyland. We don't hear about these very often, and this, in fact, wasn't in Disneyland. It was a Disneyland adjacent, shall we say but a guy working as a contractor installing piping for a heating and air conditioning system outside the park was killed very early this morning. A They said a crane was carrying a large pipe, accidentally hits a crossbeam. That knocks over a large metal plate that had been shoring up a wall, gotcha. and it was that metal plate that eventually killed the guy. They didn't say exactly how. You can imagine it's incredibly heavy, but...
5: 38-year-old man, he was in an 8- to 10-foot-deep trench, bounced dead shortly after arriving at the hospital, according to Anaheim Police. Mm. That's just terrible.
4: Uh, In New Hampshire, the governor has finally come to the defense of a woman who just wanted to be funny on her license plate.
5: Yes, the license plate is pb 4 we go. Which when I first saw it, I said P before way go. Because I can't read. I can I spend way too much time trying <laughs> to figure out vanity plates and getting in a car accident. Them. P before we go. And they were gonna tell her, No, you can't do it because that's you know, that's inappropriate.
4: Bodily function.
5: Right. But the governor, Governor Chris Sununu, was like, No, I'm coming to her defense. He's gonna let her keep that. I mean, my goodness live free or die i have a question live though. free or die in new hampshire if i had a problem with free it, or go
4: even if i had the mouthpiece that i currently do have with this radio station do you think gavin newsom would pay attention to my request for a vanity plate
5: yeah i think it depends on what it is i think it depends on california has a lot is a lot bigger state with bigger issues but look this is an easy one That's true. this is an easy one uh
4: and then this is trending i suppose and i again this was a blind spot for me.
5: All right. So I get pitches every day because I'm a business reporter about business stories. And folks, I uh, hope you're not eating lunch. Menstrual cups are a thing, and they are a growing business. According to MarketWatch, this market of menstrual cups is growing at 3.6% a year. The market. Hmm? Twitter poll? No. Oh.
4: No Twitter poll. Uh,
5: currently at 38 million dollars a year going up to 46 million dollars a year so here was the pitch and i just want to read it to gary hi jane (laughs) i just wanted to send you a quick feeler out to see if you or anyone you might know is working on anything menstrual cup related oh
4: yeah well let me just forward that to the menstrual cup desk
5: menstrual cups have recently been in the news quite a bit because of a journal piece published for review this month by the lancet Epidemiologist Ann Mikey Van Eyck and her co-authors analyzed 43 studies and reports on the leakage, acceptability, and safety of menstrual cups. The reason why I'm asking is I'm currently working with a few companies that have been in the cup business for a very long time.
4: There's been – they've been around. <laughs> Jeez.
5: So if you need to speak to anyone, blah, 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 blah. Here are a couple of companies that I work with. Evercup mm-hmm. and Casco Cup. Um. Okay, I hate to put her on the spot like this, but – Tessa, Berger, Yeah, I want them. Okay. Use them or want them?
4: I just kind of want to look at them.
5: (laughs) But I'll take, if it's free,
4: free. I'll take several. It says if
5: you know anyone who needs
4: samples.
5: It does does say that. She does. Okay, I know. Yeah. See, for me, that cup sailed long ago. Ah. Well, not that long ago. I don't know. Whatever. Now I, you call me a snow leopard earlier. I can't get it out of my head that I'm a snow leopard who was attracted to Officer Jake Waste of the Uplum. wasn't attracted. I just think he's a cutie pie.
4: Yeah. My wife referred to him as Officer Yum Yum.
5: <laughs> okay, I didn't do that.
4: When we come back, a big $14 million scam that involved Netflix. Somebody just got popped for it. Do that when we come back to the Gary and Shannon show. Jane Wells sitting in. Shane Wells in for Shannon today, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you follow us on social media, at Gary and Shannon. A couple things you can uh, check out. Officer Yum Yum, Officer Jake Waste out of uh, Upland PD has become something of a, a viral sensation over the last Woman couple of days.
3: Women loves me.
4: Women loves him, apparently. It be to what?
5: On your Hello. Hello. Never mind.
4: I hope you said something clean. Yeah, carry on. You said carry something on. without the mic on. I know. I'm afraid I
5: know. to ask you to repeat I've never done it. this before. I've never filled in on the radio it's station new. before. It's It's very new. Yeah, it's very new.
4: Uh, we also talked about Cameo.com, this website where you can go and, and pay celebrities to record a special message for you or for someone else. And the poll at Gary and Shannon on Twitter is... Oh, it's who, getting
5: close. Who would you pay
4: the most to do a book Cameo video? Your strong
5: um, lead is fading, but you're still is. in the lead. Oh! Yeah, what Handle's just... coming on strong. Conway's nipping at your heels. Uh, the John and Ken listeners really don't want them to call, apparently, yet. <laughs> That's funny. Wouldn't you want John to call and scream at somebody? Wouldn't you want to send Mayor Yoga Pants a birthday message from John Cobalt. Oh my god, That would be awesome. Could you imagine if multiple people did that?
4: And then and then Eric Garcetti's inbox is just inundated with John Cobalt.
5: And another thing. And then John can pay for private school for another year. Uh
4: Adam said, How much for Monica to do a birthday shout out and mess mention a sausage in the mouth.
3: It's not sausage in my mouth, Blake.
4: Well, there you go. I'll send you that one for free. Wow. Yeah.
5: I need context later. Nah. Eh. It just is what it is. It's better
4: better just floating out there in okay. the ether okay. uh we have been uh we've i've been amazed at the number of people who have been able to pull fast ones on um on members of the uh entertainment industry the one of the ones that we've talked about multiple times is remember this hoax caller that would call and suggest um that they were a high level producer or the representative of a high-level producer and they needed to book contracts for photographers or travel or something like that and end up bilking people out of tens of thousands of dollars. Well, here's another version of somebody getting away with a scam to the tune of $14 million. A guy named Adam Joyner turned himself into authorities this week, charged with wire fraud, money laundering, and aggravated ID theft because they said that he was scamming $14 million from investors by telling them that their money would be used to produce a feature film distributed by Netflix.
5: Um, right. So uh, most of these people who were duped were uh, Chinese and Korean investors who mm-hmm. thought, oh, good, we get to be part of a of an Hollywood movie. The movie's called Legends, which was described as an ac- anachronistic mashup of legendary and historical figures like Davy Crockett, Calamity Chain, Paul Bunyan. Oh, who wouldn't want to invest in that? Um, a- and that he had... Uh, don murphy secured to be a producer then he claimed murphy was going to bring in michael bay to direct then oh no yesterday we got a verbal agreement from guillermo del toro all of it a scam however he really did have an agreement with don murphy but the producer tells investors according to this story that the film was never reached even pre-production stages that they had a Uh, An escrow account and an initial payment of $600,000, according to this FBI affidavit. But Murphy terminated the partnership in 2017 and and never heard back from it. He kept stalling and telling these people. And
4: what's funny is that, I mean, some of the stories that you imagine he had to explain why this stuff was taking longer than, you know just a little bit more money a little bit more time and Be we'll patient. one of the one of the explanations was uh once bradley cooper turned down the original agreement with universal universal decided to refuse <laughs> payment to Amblin i mean he's using all of these key names and phrases that that would sound correct but had zero basis in truth outside of that one apparent deal that he had with don murphy what i find interesting by the way is you look up Adam Joyner on IMDb. I am right here, yes. It, he's got, I mean, Legends is he's he's on movies. the two. Legends
5: and Stock Car Willie about an African-American race car driver. Both of them. Legends is in pre-production. Right. Stock Car Willie is in production. And that's it. That's it. Now, he might have been writing these uh, allegedly fraudulent emails from the $5 million home in Manhattan Beach he now owns that he yeah. and his wife are accused of buying, according to the L.A. Times, with these ill-gotten gains
4: man that is a that is a world i just don't i can't wrap my I head don't. around i knew of uh an acquaintance of mine who raised money for a movie that no one ever heard of and nobody ever watched but i went to the premiere um i don't want to say the movie because it i wouldn't but know. it was a real movie it at was least. a real movie but just hearing him talk about the conversations that he had to have with people that were going to be investors in this movie and it was all about I mean, the way to sell the movie was not, it's going to be a good movie. No. It's so-and-so is attached to it. This person is coming in to direct. This person's going to handle the but script. This
5: guy with no track record raised $14 million yeah. by allegedly scamming foreign investors by the old American. It's like it's like the Nigerian prince thing in reverse. In reverse. <laughs>
4: When we come back, we'll get into Swamp Watch, talk about what's going on in D.C. And a big news story out of the day uh, out of today was this Justice Department Inspector General report about James Comey and how he handled those memos that he wrote while he was talking with President Donald Trump. We'll talk about that with Brad Garrett from uh, former agent at the FBI when we come back. Jane Wells in for Shannon today.
0: I'm getting them good.
4: Shannon. Jane Wells in for Shannon today, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. That Hurricane Dorian's still rolling towards Florida. Now they're saying that uh, the Category 1 hurricane could reach Category 3 by tomorrow at some point. So it's uh, gaining intensity, and then by Monday morning, they're expecting landfall. Category four, if you can believe that.
5: Uh, Breaking news. According to the Hollywood reporter Alex Trebek, back at work on Jeopardy. After his cancer treatment, he's on the mend and taping episodes ahead of the 36th season premiere in September.
4: Wow. I saw just a few of the episodes towards the end. I'm not allowed to watch Jeopardy Have I told you that. What? I'm not allowed to watch. That's not
5: American, even though he's Canadian. Like by yourself or at all? Because you yell at the TV?
4: (laughs) Because... It's an old people show.
5: Well, yeah, all the commercials are for prescription drugs. Yeah, recorded.
4: We uh, just don't. My wife doesn't want us to be that old yet, so we're not watching Jeopardy just yet. <laughs> but there was a there was a night where she was out, and I wanted to see how Alex looked, because I know he's been having his health issues.
5: Well, yeah. Plus, that guy had that incredible run. We wanted to see when that guy was good, I and it was all happening cared. at the same time. I hated time. that guy. Yeah, but I still wanted to see him.
4: Um. But uh. But I noticed. Just uh, This had to be three weeks ago, maybe four weeks ago. You can tell Alex has uh, got his toupee, his wig. He's been wearing a wig because of his
5: chemo. Well, now he's back. Now they're, you know, they already taped all that. Now he's had his treatment, and they're pre-taping. So we'll see what he looks like now in September. It's time for Swamp Watch.
0: Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together.
4: watch check out what's going on in dc the big news today was the justice department's inspector general released a report that wasn't too kind to a former fbi director james comey talk about that joining us is uh former agent with the fbi a crime analyst for abc news brad garrett um brad this uh this report said that that James Comey violated FBI policy but did not go so far as to say that he should be charged with a crime.
2: Explain. Uh, Correct. Okay, so I think to have charged him with a crime, there would have had to have been classified information in the memo that he ultimately gave to his lawyer that was given to the media. So, you know, yes, he did, and it's very clear in this report, violate FBI policy about, that documents that you create in an official capacity, and obviously he was in an official capacity when he met with the president, are property of the FBI. And so, yes, did he violate their rules and policy by A, taking the memos and then B, leaking them? The answer is yes. But the reality is, I don't know what you could actually do to him unless he were still in the FBI. Um, so, my guess is that this, you know, this ship has come to a halt at this point.
5: If, if you, when you were in the FBI, if right after you had left the FBI, you had done something like this, what would have happened to you?
2: Well, a version of the same thing, probably, other than nobody would know about it, just because it wouldn't be of, of renown. Um, I guess my question would, is: Do you think?
5: Do you think he was getting special treatment?
2: Well, I, I think they didn't have any choice. But to investigate them, you know, anything that involves somebody as high up, obviously, as the president, and you're making allegations about things that he allegedly said, I think you don't really have any choice but to check it out. So, you know, to to your point, would they have come after somebody else for a less, I guess, public profile sort of situation? They would check it out uh, the best they can. But, you know, the the wall you hit in these investigations is the same one they hit in this one. I mean, you've got Comey. He writes these detailed memos. There's no reason to believe that what he said is not at least accurate from his perspective. But that's only one side of the story, because you don't have what the president uh, claims he said, What she claims that Comey has lied, that he didn't say some of the things that Comey said he said. So it's basically a he said, he said. Kind of situation, and of course that creates problems. Obviously, if you ever decided to prosecute somebody,
4: there was a report this morning that I don't remember who said it. Uh, somebody was concerned that this sent a bad message to the thirty-five, thirty-six thousand agents that work in the FBI. G- is is there a message that this sends? I mean, they clearly say that he broke policy. Uh, but is there a concern maybe that FBI agents would see, hey, I can get away with breaking policy but not breaking the law?
2: Uh, well, maybe, but I doubt it on any grand scale. I mean, I think most agents would look at this of like, you know, of all people that shouldn't break the policy, of the FBI would be the director. Uh, and he, he clearly did. Now, you know, he's got in his mind all sorts of justifications. As to why he did it, and I get that, but you know it makes you wonder if it could have been done a different way that wouldn't have caused violation of policy. I don't have a clear picture what that might be, but it does. I think the short answer is it doesn't look good. It looks like that if you're at the top, you can kind of do whatever you want to do. Um, And, you know, you clearly do not want to send that message.
5: Well, the inspector general did say in the report that there were appropriate channels that I guess he could have just – since it wasn't classified, he could have done it some other way, just gone maybe directly to the reporter. I'm not sure either, but they said there were other channels. What do you make of Comey's tweets afterwards where, um, you know, he did violate the rules, but he's sort of saying, hey, you know, I'm not expecting an apology, but I wasn't – it wasn't classified information, and, you know, he kind of – did what he's become known for now, um, of sort of like saying, hey, see? As if somehow he was cleared by this thing. What do you make of his tweets?
2: Well, probably in his mind he was cleared because, you know, it showed that he didn't release classified information. Yes, he did violate FBI policy, but that it, it sort of, I guess, it, 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 he felt vindicated, it sounds like to me. Uh, and Clearly, he knew what he was doing when he took the memos and released the memos, uh, and that, that that was you know against policy, but felt that as I mentioned earlier, that you know the circumstances dictated that he do that. But you know he's a you know he's a very he's a guy that likes to be I suppose right, uh, and, which I thought was very clear in his twenty sixteen you know, press conferences and talking about Hillary Clinton's email investigation, which we all scratched our head as to why he did that, but he did. And I think it sort of goes to, you know, he believes he's a righteous guy and and wants us, us to basically believe that he is righteous.
4: Yeah. All right. Brad, thank you. Appreciate it.
5: By the way, the president, has, thank you, Brad. The president has tweeted just an hour ago, perhaps never in the history of our country has someone been more thoroughly disgraced and excoriated than James Comey in the just released Inspector General's report. Mm-hmm. He should be ashamed of himself. So it's it's uh it's through the looking two completely different right. reactions to it.
4: Well, and and the irony. Remember uh, the president after the uh, after the Mueller report finally came out. His his ongoing yeah, theme was yeah. no collusion, no, no obstruction. Collusion. Right. I'm completely vindicated. Right, right. It's the same, same thing that yeah, James Comey is exactly. saying after this report.
5: I do know of uh, FBI special agent on the West Coast, and they don't think about James Comey at all.
4: No, I completely, moved. which is it's like, which so is funny when when he was director. I always got the impression that he was somewhat, uh, well, I don't want to say somewhat respected, that he was respected as the director. And then like, then this, well, the Hillary Clinton news conference where he said, yes, she did bad things, but we're not going to charge her with the crime, the involvement with you know reopening the case and making his statements just before Election Day in 2016 as well. And then everything fell apart from that point on.
5: And I feel like Christopher Ray, the current director, has done an amazing job staying under the radar you never hear the president talk about him he never pokes his head up the yeah. FBI just does his yeah. job
4: that's probably the way he prefers it too yeah uh, when we come back we'll continue swamp watch talk about the debate stage coming up and Nick's love letter to Senator Kirsten Gillibrand Gary and Channon will continue with Jane
9: Wells Ooh.
4: should make a segment out of the crazy pitches that we get. I got a follow-up for one I mentioned the other day. In a spectacle event at Burnham Harbor in Chicago, the world's only prognosticating fish and underwater oracle, Captain Gill, predicted the length of the boating season. So, just so you know, he predicted six more weeks of boating. Captain Gill did.
5: So, uh, so Poxatoni Phil... Has competition. He
4: can go pound stump. Nobody cares about him. If we do a segment like that, can we call it pitches Be Crazy? Ooh,
5: Ooh, I like that. Yeah.
4: Blake, let's get some production (laughs) together for that, shall we? Yes, sir. Gary and Shannon. Jane Wells in for Shannon. KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. We're in the middle of Swamp Watch and talking about what's going on in D.C. And uh, they made it official about 12 and a half hours ago. The Democratic, uh, Democratic candidates... Who qualified for the debate to come up in a couple of weeks include Joe Biden, Cory Booker, Pete Buttigieg, Julian Castro, Kamala Harris, Amy Klobuchar, Beto O'Rourke, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren and Andrew Yang.
5: So finally, we are going to get to see Joe Biden and Elizabeth Warren on the same stage debating. So that's the that's the debate we've been waiting for to see. The two leaders on the Democratic side finally face to face.
4: Everybody else is upset. Tom Steyer's mad. He didn't make it. Governor Steve Bullock is mad. He didn't make it. Marianne Williamson said she's going to drive that love train right <laughs> through the DNC headquarters.
5: They were doing ridiculous things. It says here in this story from AP that they were spending ninety dollars for one dollar of donation so they could qualify for this hundred thirty thousand individual donors, but they couldn't. They couldn't get two percent in yeah. four polls
4: yeah that was the key is you had to have the number of donors and the four polls where you bring in at least two percent they are upset with which polls do you choose well come on i mean there's a point where you're you're just not
5: gonna win okay just
4: yelling up the tree yeah. yelling at a brick wall at that point point. <laughs> yeah. and the the question from steve uh from from steve bullock the governor of montana was uh why do you want to uh why do you want to whittle down the field we still have months to go before the iowa caucus uh Hello, did you see the trash fire that was the Republican race with 16 people?
5: So you can go out, you can keep campaigning just because you're not on the debate stage. Nobody's telling you you can't run for president.
4: Well, Kirsten Gillibrand did not make the debate stage, and she decided yesterday to pull the plug on what was her run at the Democratic nomination for president.
5: Her big thing was women's rights bringing down al franken abortion rights
4: in june she um we all chose members of our presidential election fantasy league team which is really just a last man standing league and or woman sorry last person standing and because she's out and she was on nick's team he's got to read a love letter to kirsten Gillibrand.
5: <clears> throat> nice throat
4: dear kirsten or should i call you tina
1: Remember when you used to go by Tina, Kirsten? I'm pretty bummed to hear that you've dropped out. I remember the elation I felt when you appeared in cycling class as the killers blared through the speakers. We talked about being fans and how much we loved Mr. Brightside. You were great. And your hair reminds me of someone who's about to offer me a freshly made casserole. So comforting. You also kill it at beer pong, too. So fun. And when I was peckish, I could always count on you to have a Chewy or a Nature Valley bar in your purse. Peckish. Nature Valley. Thank you for that. Maybe it's time you touch base with Connie Britton. Oh Remember those days in Beijing?
4: Yeah, and I love Connie.
1: Anywho, all the best. (laughs) Stay in touch. And have a good summer. Nick. Summer?
4: You're writing in, in Kirsten Gillibrand's yearbook. <laughs> yeah,
1: it now? would turn into a yearbook thing. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to put hags, but uh, what was the
5: Beijing? What was Beijing?
1: They went to school in Beijing together.
5: Her and Connie Britton. Yeah, Tammy Taylor. Oh wow!
1: Friday night,
5: light it up. Uh, were you even alive when Bri- Mister Bright or whatever the killers came out with that song?
1: Yeah, of course I was.
5: That's a great song.
1: Yeah. I came out in like two thousand four, I want to say. Uh, how old are you? Know? I was in he like was, junior he high. He was
4: two years old. He was I was coming probably out of his 12,
3: age, Yes, doing just fine. I was like
4: twelve or thirteen, I want to say. I love
5: that. That's good. I love the Killers.
4: <laughs> uh, at the top of the hour, in a few minutes, right after the news, we're going to discuss what's going on on Wall Street. Actually, up uh, the Dow is up three hundred and twenty points right now before closing. So we'll talk about some of the reasons why uh, why China took a step back today. Trade, perhaps. trade, trade. Gary and Shannon will continue with Jane Wells on KFI AM six forty. Hearing Shannon's Thursday, August 29th. Jane Wells in for Shannon today. She'll be back tomorrow. Shannon will be. Shannon will be. Uh, Chargers game tonight. That's where she is, actually. She's up in Santa Clara. Chargers taking on the 49ers. Uh, pre-game is at 5 o'clock tonight. And uh, the John and Ken show will continue, of course, on the iHeartRadio app. Conway show will come along at regular time as well, right there on the iHeartRadio app. But the Chargers game will be on KFI. Um, I, I, don't, I don't get that. Listen, politics is... Uh, supposed to be Hollywood for ugly people. Uh, It's also taken on an aspect of sports in a certain way. In that, I mean, like we do the presidential election, Fantasy League, etc. ABC is the one in charge of the debate, I believe, of the next debate coming up. ABC News is doing a live special, at least online, to announce the order... Of the candidates positioning for the podiums on the debate, well, it's stage.
5: like the NFL draft. It's going to be a thing now. Will they come out and hold up a jersey? Where you know is uh, just, is you the know head of the great? DNC going to hug them like Roger Goodell?
4: I don't know if the ten of them have s- specific enough hairdos, but if they just did the <laughs> hair, because Joe Biden has very specific hair. Yeah. Um, obviously, Elizabeth Warren has specific hair, and
5: but uh, Bernie has Bernie lack has crazy gone. hair. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know anybody else's hair. Cory Booker doesn't have hair.
4: You could just do a bald, uh, bald uh, cap. That would be fine. Uh, some of the other stories, of course, Hurricane Dorian making its way through the Caribbean and is uh, bearing down on Florida. They're saying it could be a Category 4 by the time it hits the the east coast of Florida sometime on Monday, and if it is a category four, it would be the strongest hurricane to hit that side of Florida since 1992's Hurricane Andrew. Isn't
5: that amazing that it's been that long since a hurricane that strong hit? Well,
4: on that side.
5: On that side, yes. But, but yes, the been, Gulf side, yes.
4: That's a crazy, that's, regardless, listen, that's a long weekend. I yeah. don't, everybody asks, you know, how did you live with an earthquake? Listen, I know the earthquake is coming. I don't want five days' notice.
5: Yeah, I want to, I want, like, is this an earthquake? Oh, it's an and the, earthquake. Yeah. And, then, and then, the you, then you you realize a, yeah, it. Yeah, then it's like, oh, it's, yeah. No, I prefer that. I prefer that. I don't like the aftershocks, but the quake itself, it's like over before you really realize what's going on.
4: Because imagine the frustration of the next few days of trying to go to Home Depot to buy, you know, No, they're saying sheets that of can't plywood get, to put you, over your window. You
5: can't get water at Costco, blah, 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 blah.
4: Uh, Wall Street closed for the day. It looks like the Dow Jones Industrial Average ended uh, up. It looks uh, way over 300 326. Yeah. At 26,362. Yeah. And it looks, for the most part, like this ongoing back and forth between the United States and China uh, actually resulted in a well, maybe a, a half now, a step back from China. Who knows? China.
5: For today. Basically, because these tariffs are still kicking in starting Sunday. I'm going to be out at the port for CNBC tomorrow talking about what this means, and I'll tell you in a minute. But basically today, the president said talks between us and China have are happening at a higher level. He didn't really say – or at a different level – He didn't really explain what that meant. Uh, China earlier softened its stance, saying it's willing to resolve the trade war with a calm attitude, indicating it's not going to retaliate immediately. But see, businesses in the import-export business don't wait for this. So what's been happening out at the port of Los Angeles and Long Beach, which, by the way, is the largest container port complex in the United States, third largest in the world, 40% of everything that we buy, basically, here in Southern California, goes through that port. Uh, Starting Sunday... 98% of everything that comes through the Port of Los Angeles from China will be tariff. We're talking $164 billion worth of goods. So what have companies been doing? It's been going on for a year. Tariffs get ratcheted up and ratcheted up and ratcheted up. And as we've talked about before, they're doing workarounds. We're shipping more stuff to Malaysia. We're shipping stuff to Vietnam. Or it's coming around in from there. This is the funny thing. The Port of Los Angeles is having record volumes. Part of that is because, again, retailers front-loading all those Black Friday TVs ahead of tariffs. In fact, over a 10-day period, 260,000 televisions were imported to the Port of Los Angeles from China to get ahead.
4: Just televisions. Just
5: televisions to get ahead of tariffs. The problem is, and they did it with a year ago, they dealt with it. All that stuff gets trucked into the Inland Empire to these warehouses. There is no room at the end. The warehouse capacity in Los Angeles right now, according to the Port is 1.7 percent that is half normal uh less than half what the national average is so as all this stuff gets front loaded you're going to have truckers who just have to park by the side of the road and just have these containers stack up at the port it's going to be a massive traffic jam like they had a year ago but the most interesting thing to me in all of this latest and i follow it is you can tell way too much nerd the the yeah port nerd (laughs) trade nerd And, you know, look, there's so many people in Southern California who directly or indirectly depend on the ports for business. The fastest growing segment of container traffic at the Port of Los Angeles. I know this is like, wow. Not imports, not exports. What's left? Empties. The fastest growing. It's up 20% in July. Empty containers that are leaving the U.S., for Asia.
4: To be filled up and brought back.
5: Because we're they're not buying our stuff. Right. So it's got to go. We're still buying their stuff, even with the tariffs. At some point, the consumer, when they start to see their Nikes and their clothing go up or their Apple, maybe in December, they'll be like, I don't know. We're still buying their stuff. They're no longer buying our stuff. So empty containers are leaving the port, which is great for the ships. They get paid the same. The port of Los Angeles gets paid the same. But the import-export companies then have to pay for empty containers on a slow boat to China to go get filled up and come back here.
4: Is that where the term came from, the slow boat to
5: China? Uh, yeah, I, I made it up.
4: Uh, <laughs> the um, So this – but this is the – we used the term canary in the coal mine the other day and that or yesterday, and that isn't appropriate. But this may be one of those clear indicators of the impact of what the, the trade tariffs have had.
5: Right. right, businesses can't wait around to see if this gets resolved. They have to try to redo their supply chains, which takes time and money. You know, the guy from Hasbro is saying they're, they're trying to get their toys made out of they're, they are moving, but it doesn't it's not quick. And they're not going to wait and see, "Oh gee, what's the president going to say tomorrow?" We're, we're, no, so they're getting stuff in here now for the holidays, now, 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 a month early, so that they, but there's no place to put it, and it's going to cost more to store it.
4: So if anybody has a warehouse now, oh it's my time gosh. to open that thing up.
5: Go long on the warehouse REITs, Real Estate Investment Trust, because if they're based in Southern California, Prologis, whatever, because, uh, yeah, they're yeah.
4: Be busy. Yes. Busy, busy. All right. Uh, speaking of whether or not the president's going to speak on it, right. we just got word that the White House has set up the podium out in the Rose Garden, it looks like, for some comments from the president about U.S. Space Command. A little bit unclear. We're not sure if this is Space Force. No, it's not Space Force. It's not Force. Space Force. They're
5: bringing back the Space Command after 17 years, which maybe they'll fold into the Space Force because they're both under the DoD.
4: Right.
6: Hmm.
5: I don't All
4: right. know. Well, we'll pay attention for that uh, with that. Mark Saltzman is expected to join us here. We'll do Tech Talk in a few minutes as well. And we got a pair of tickets to go see the Chainsmokers right Ooh. across the street, live at our iHeartRadio Theater here in Burbank. Tuesday, it's just coming up just a few days from now. I hear that. Tuesday, I haven't September been in there. 2nd.
5: I hear it's an incredible theater.
4: It is beautiful. It, and the the thing is, uh, Lady Antebellum was the last group that I saw in there. Wow. Super. I mean, it's not a big room. Yeah. It yeah. sounds spectacular, though. And all the high tech with the video and all. It's, it's a great place to see a group. Uh, I Heart Radio Theater, Tuesday, September 2nd, to see the Chainsmokers. Caller number six going to win tickets now. 800-520-1KFI. 800-520-1534. Oh, Blake didn't play it. And when we come back.
5: Got to make a call. Got to make a call. Gotta What is it?
4: Yeah, it's time to call. Come, come on, it's time to call. <laughs> Let's call. Yeah. See, you did it perfectly. Uh Tech Talk, Mark Saltzman.
8: I keep seeing visions of you. Visions are visions of you. I keep getting stuck in this day. Stock in this day.
4: KFI AM six forty live everywhere on the iHeart Radio app. Jane Wells in for Shannon today. Bottom of the hour, we get into some uh, some strange science stories, including testing marijuana for fecal
5: matter. Yeah, do you know what you are smoking? What's in that gummy?
4: I assumed it was pot.
5: And a lot of other things. This, of course, is a problem because California, the legal industry, is not collecting nearly – It's not people aren't going legal. The state's way short of its tax revenues. Uh,
4: Other big stories we've been following, Justice Department's Inspector General came out with a report that said that former FBI Director James Comey violated FBI policy when he kept the memos that documented private conversations with the president, specifically by giving the memos to a friend with instructions to share the contents with a reporter – Since they did not contain classified info, they're not going to charge him with any crime, though. Reminder that tonight, Chargers game comes on uh, 5 o'clock pregame right over the air. Matt Money Smith, Daniel Jeremiah, and the Shannon Farron on the sidelines doing the game tonight up in San Francisco. Okay. San Francisco adjacent in Santa Clara. <laughs> uh fewer is, homeless people
5: crapping in front of the stadium. Does that make it adjacent as opposed to I
4: suppose. Yeah. But it's not even close to San Francisco. But
5: KFI programming will continue on the app.
4: Absolutely. John and Ken show of course will continue and the Conway show will start at exactly the uh the right time, right at
5: six o'clock. Did you see this AOC is worried about melting glaciers could release ancient diseases? Ooh. Yes, uh, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, you know, with her whole Green New Deal climate change legislation, um, according to this story, she's afraid, I'm 29 years old, I really struggle sometimes with the idea of how to be a policymaker and potentially have a family in the time of climate change, she said on Instagram, scientists fear that there's a potential that a lot of diseases could escape these melted glaciers, things that were frozen for thousands of years, that they're going to get in our water. Humans could contact them, and they're going to be diseases that are thousands of years old that have vectors that we are not prepared for, that we have never seen.
4: Sounds like a Michael Crichton book. It,
5: oh, doesn't it? <gasps>
4: hey, yeah, the I'm president missing. has taken to the podium there at the White House. Let's see if we can dip in Appalling and see if he's talking.
0: And expressed him my warmest wishes and the wishes of the American people. Our highest priority is the safety and security of the people in the path of the hurricane. And I will be rescheduling my trip to Poland in the near future. We're gathered here in the Rose Garden to establish the United States Space Command. It's a big deal. As the newest combatant command, Spacecom will defend America's vital interests in space the next warfighting domain. And I think that's pretty obvious to everybody. It's all about space. We're joined by Vice President Mike Pence, Secretary of Defense Dr. Mark Esper, Acting Director of National Intelligence Joe McGuire, Acting Secretary of the Army Ryan McCarthy, Acting Secretary of the Air Force Matt Donovan, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff General Joseph Dunford and Congressman Mike Turner we're especially grateful to welcome the new leader of SpaceCom General Jay Raymond highly respected man within the military joined this afternoon by his wife Molly thank you thank you Molly congratulations Molly it's great their wonderful family and several of their friends. General Raymond, congratulations. So important. I know he's going to do a fantastic job. Thank you very much. The United States combatant commands were developed to join branches of our armed forces in common cause across diverse fields of battle. Each of the United States military's combatant commands has an area of responsibility from CENTCOM, which oversees our mission in the Middle East, to our most recent CYBERCOM, which we established just last year to protect Americans from the most advanced cyber threats, and also to create very, very severe and powerful offensive threats should we need them. The dangers to our country constantly evolve, and so must be. Now, those who wish to harm the United States to seek to challenge us in the ultimate high ground of space, it's going to be a whole different ballgame. Our adversaries are weaponizing Earth's orbits with new technology targeting American satellites that are critical to both battlefield operations and our way of life at home. Our freedom to operate in space is also essential to detecting and destroying any missile launched against the United States. So just as we have recognized land, air, sea, and cyber as vital warfighting domains, we will now treat space as an independent region overseen by a new unified geographic combatant command. The establishment of the 11th Combatant Command is a landmark moment. This is a landmark day, one that recognizes the centrality of space to America's national security and defense. Under General Raymond's leadership, Spacecom will boldly deter aggression and outpace America's rivals by far. For 35 years, General Raymond has led and commanded space operations at every level in the U.S. Air Force. Molly, I hope you're very proud of him. I'll bet you are. I am too. He's a warrior who has integrated space capabilities to make our military even stronger and to pave the way for a new era of national defense. He's respected by everybody sitting in front of us, Everybody in the military and everybody that knows him. Spacecom will soon be followed, very importantly, by the establishment of the United States Space Force as the sixth branch of the United States Armed Forces. And that's really something when you think about it. The Space Force will organize, train, and equip warriors to support Space Com's mission. With today's action, we open another great chapter in the extraordinary history of the United States military. Spacecom will ensure that America's dominance in space is never questioned and never threatened because we know the best way to prevent conflict is to prepare for victory. From our nation's first days, America's military blazed the trails and crossed the frontiers that secured our nation's future. No adversary on Earth will ever match the awesome courage, skill, and might of American armed forces. Today, we salute the heroic men and women who will serve in Space and keep America's horizons forever bright and forever free. We have budgets since we came into the administration since the election of 2016. Since January 20th of 2017, we have done things with the military that few people would have thought possible. Sounds a little
4: tired today. Budgets
0: actually. of $700 President, billion. President, uh,
4: they're in the Rose Garden today uh, introducing who the person who will be in charge of U.S. Space Command. And in terms of the relationship to Space Force, my understanding is... Space Force will work for Space Command. Yeah,
5: it sounds like Space Command, which will be led by the current head of the Air Force Space Command, General Jay Raymond, will be the umbrella network Space Force once it will train uh soldiers or airmen or whatever you got spacemen to work for space command uh at this last highest ground, the highest ground of all. Um and he says our enemies are weaponizing space and and having we do need to we need to remain number one in space. I know people will laugh at it. No, I don't laugh at it. It, it, it. And it is a great place to detect incoming missiles. But he's canceling his trip to Poland also because of the situation, the hurricane situation in Florida.
4: I understand that. I would expect the general will probably have some comments. Maybe if the president does take questions, we'll be listening to it during the break. See if there's anything going on. Can we call the Space Force military personnel? Can we call them Space Marines?
5: I would think Space Men. You got soldiers, Can't say sailors. Men. Yes, you do. Airmen. Soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines. I don't know what you called Coast Guard. Sorry. Um, guardsmen. Guardsmen. And guardswomen. Spacemen. Mm. Stellar? Spacemen. No, I think it's going to be you're, you're not a soldier, sailor, airman, or marine. You're a spaceman. Okay. That's
4: an idea. We'll take a break and come back and get into whether or not the president takes some questions and also some strange science stuff. Gary and Shannon will continue. <laughs>
2: If you call me, I'll come running.
9: Gary
4: and Shannon. Jane Wells in for Shannon today. KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Big stories we've been keeping our eyes on include the earthquake that hit just off the coast of Oregon this morning. Just after 8 o'clock, it was about a 6.3. It was 150 miles off the coast, so no damage or any injuries. There were only a handful of people who said that they felt it. Yes, Senator Kirsten Gillibrand is out. She has decided to end her campaign to run Stunner. for the Democratic Stunner. nomination. Stunner. She was this close. She was this close. <laughs> um, listen, I polled at 0%. She polled at one. So she.
5: And how much money did you spend to I run for president? I didn't spend any money. There around.
4: you go. Uh, so anyway, she's out, but that was because she, she did not. She make... de- spent
5: $7 million yeah, since June. I'm sorry to debate.
4: Debate stage.
5: $7 Yes, since June. Uh,
4: All right. Um, And, of course, Hurricane Dorian making its way towards Florida. Probably Monday is when they'll see that storm make landfall. The president just announced that he was going to uh, put off a planned trip to Poland uh, and is, in fact, going to send Mike Pence. Also talked about how the uh, U.S. Space Command has been officially set up. That's a big one. It's a big one. And uh, how Space Force will supply Space Command with the spacemen.
5: I think it's going to be spacemen.
4: Okay. The spacemen that are needed to uh, enforce the rules up there. Uh, we got some, some. Speaking of high. F- some high, fun, strange science stories to tell you about.
0: Strange science! It's, <laughs> okay.
4: it's like weird science, <laughs> but
8: strange.
5: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, look, we voted to legalize recreational marijuana. But we're not doing, we're not transitioning. California is not transitioning to the legal market as much as expected. Through the first six months of this year, the states collected maybe about 140 million in taxes. That is well short of what the state was expecting. And one of the pluses the state will claim for buying legal is what you buy has been tested in a lab. So you know what you're doing because a lot of stuff out there, um, is not, all it claims to be, and joining us on the phone right now is Shweta Call, Dr. Shweta Call, who's the chief scientific officer for Canalysis Labs in Santa Ana. And I'm trying to understand, Shweta, you're doing testing for the state, or what exactly do you do?
3: Um, so according to the regulations, um, you, every product that hits the retail market on the legal side has to be Certified as safe for human consumption, and there are a whole uh, battery of tests that we have to run. So we have to make sure it's free of pesticides, of solvents, of heavy metals, and we essentially, um, you know, check for the label claim for the potency. So there's a lot of information that uh, we are supposed to certify on a certificate of analysis for every product that hits the retail market.
5: What are you finding?
3: So what's interesting is on the legal side, we have been getting cleaner over the last year. So when we first started uh, testing about a year ago in the legal market in 2018, we you, you would see about a 20% to 25% failure rate. That means of all the products tested, about 25% would fail for pesticides or molds or you know wrong label claims, things like that. And we've seen that level drop over the last year to under 9% right now. And so what that's telling us is that people are getting better about some of their practices. You know, once you empower people with more information and you tell some of these cultivators and manufacturers that they're doing something wrong, they adjust their practices and they try to do it better. And so we've seen the legal market get progressively cleaner Unfortunately, what that means is that the illegal market is getting progressively dirtier because now you have this sort of bifurcation happening where dirty stuff is essentially just routed into the illegal market. Like fecal matter, poop. Yeah, unfortunately, yes. I mean, we test for E. coli and salmonella and a bunch of microbial matter and yeah, it's very possible that fecal matter could easily be in these products. And I mean, you know, when you hear about some of these cases um, in the news already, you know, I think Kings County had 21 cases of severe lung disease. It's from having untested products.
4: Okay, hold on a second. I am not familiar enough with the supply chain logistics to understand where the fecal matter would come from in my legal marijuana.
3: <laughs> well in the legal stuff table? it's not there <laughs> in the illegal stuff i mean when they talk about fecal matter it's it usually it's usually from rodents oh
4: that's my fault i apologize for that oh
5: here are you back
4: sorry i'm back <laughs> go
5: <laughs> ahead
3: uh yeah so usually when they refer to fecal matter it's usually from you know animals and rodents and things like that that you know if you I have on the plant um yeah exactly
2: uh
5: y- you know I find it interesting that it doesn't seem to matter uh, in terms of transitioning the market. For example, there's a story in the L.A. Times today about how illegal farms are still, you know, doing a number on public lands. My, I have family that lives in southern Humboldt. They're not transitioning. Um, are you surprised? And maybe it's because, look... People, have, legal legal producers have to pay for your service to test, right? So what kind of cost does that add to their inputs? And is that maybe one reason? I mean, it really puts them at a disadvantage to the illegal market.
3: It It really does. But, I mean, so if you look at traditional industries like food and pharmaceuticals, All of this is folded into the cost of the goods. And, you know, we've done some of our own estimates, and we're well under 5% of cost of goods. It's just that people aren't used to this. I don't think it's the testing that's the main barrier. Initially, people had done some studies, and they said, you know, is testing going to be the bottleneck that prevents people from moving over to the legal side? But what has emerged is it's more to do with licensing and the ability to get licenses, and then also... Um, the lack of funding for enforcement on the illegal market. And, you know, that's on the state.
5: Hmm. That's interesting. All right. All right. Shweta Call. Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, Chief Scientific Officer for Canalysis Labs in Santa Ana. Uh, beware what you're smoking. This is an interesting story, though, that I'm also working on next month for CNBC. Santa Barbara County has turned into the green rush of legal grow licenses, hmm. legal grows. If they're not in Humboldt. Santa Barbara County. And you cannot have pesticide or fungicide residue on your cannabis to sell it legally in California. It's got to be clean, clean, clean. Well, next door, your award-winning wine grape vineyard can right. spray, right. or the avocado grows in Carpinteria can spray. And it's become a huge issue between farmers up there as, is that spray going to waft over onto my cannabis plant, and well, therefore I can't sell them?
4: Which, which side would you choose in the giant weed-wine war?
5: Well, the wine war on the legal side is more established. The weed, the Santa Barbara weed is new and potentially wonderful. But again, the costs are so much on the legal side that tra- people aren't transitioning over to it.
4: Milwaukee's health department is urging people who vape to stop, not because they look like douchebags. We'll explain <laughs> when we come back to Gary and Shannon. Jane Wells in for uh, Shannon today. Tessa Barrera has an update.
8: I'm begging, 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 begging
4: you. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Jane Wells in for Shannon today. Mentioned this a second ago in Strange Science that Milwaukee's health department is urging people who vape to stop vaping immediately and not because of the social stigma attached. Ryan Burrow is joining us from Chicago with all of this. and Ryan, uh, they're saying that they're concerned about The potential of chemical pneumonia. What is that? What's the problem?
9: Well, yeah, there have been 16 cases there in Milwaukee County alone. And uh, what it is is it's a severe lung illness uh, that has now been associated with e-cigarette products. There are 193 of these cases reported across 22 states. I'm looking right now. Uh, California... It does not look like they have any, at least officially. But uh, some of these states have 32 confirmed cases, six confirmed cases, 18 confirmed cases, and uh, the issue is a lot of a lot of these cases involving people in their teens uh, into their late 30s, so kind of a younger demographic. And uh, the concern for the Milwaukee Health Department is trying to get people to stop doing. They can't legally tell these. Stores to stop selling it. That's not something that they have the authority to do as of now, but uh, they're hoping that uh, this urging will get people to stop because uh, this has been a growing problem.
5: I-, I just want to make sure I understand, Ryan. It's it's a chemical somehow in the vaping in the in the heating or whatever the mechanism. That's what's causing this. It's like an aller- allergic reaction to it. The inflammation in the lungs.
9: Exactly. Yeah, it's a respiratory illness as a result of these products, and each one of these 193 cases, they're still being investigated, and there there hasn't been confirmed links yet, but uh, they've noticed that each one of these cases has been the result of someone who has been uh, using these products. Now, where I'm at in Illinois, uh, someone died. Uh, It was the first uh, confirmed case uh, where our first confirmed death that they think in the United States is linked to this. Once again, we know the person is confirmed to be dead. We know the first person had this kind of illness, and we know this person uh, used these kind of products. Um, but they're still trying to make the full connection confirmation, but they do believe that this may be the first person who died as a result of this.
4: It, it, could they go so far as to actually ban vaping?
9: Uh, If you ask uh, Senator Dick Durbin here in Illinois, he wants that. Uh, And he's told, uh, he says on two occasions he's confronted the uh, head of the FDA and said, look, you can do this right now and, and ban these products. Uh, But for some reason, that's not being done, at least until more research is done on this. Uh, There are two aspects of this story. Number one, the health. And number two, the marketing. And I think we've we've covered quite a bit of this marketing, the targeting of younger people, uh, potentially with these ads, with these e-cigarette ads, with the kind of flavors they're using. Obviously, it's electronic that's appealing to a a lot of younger people. Now, these companies say, look, uh, these products were designed as a way to get people off of cigarettes. Uh, not necessarily to introduce a new generation to right. nicotine, but, you know, a lot of people are saying that's not the
2: case.
5: Yeah, San Francisco's banning sales starting in 2020, Beverly Hills in 2021, Juul had $2 billion in revenue last year, according to CNBC. That's expected to grow to $3.4 billion this year. It's a huge market, and I don't know if they could ban it, but maybe uh, further restrict it the way, you know, I mean, cigarettes cost lung cancer. Right? Yeah, exactly.
9: Exactly, yeah. I mean, cigarettes are legal still, right? I mean, that's, they are still legal. It's not like they're completely banned. They're they are they are taxed the heck out of I just talked to someone here and I said what does a pack of cigarettes cost these days here in Chicago? They're they're over fifteen dollars. So do you tax the vaping the same as the way you do cigarettes? You'd have to I'm not sure because something. remember a lot of these people are buying these products not necessarily in stores, they're doing it online. And that's created another issue as well with proving someone's, you know, over the age of eighteen or twenty one or whatever the restrictions are.
4: Ryan, thank you. Appreciate thank you. it. Yep, yep. Ryan Burrow there with the latest in uh, uh, Chicago. And again, Milwaukee is the town that has suggested people stop vaping. All right, well, thanks for your time. Uh, It's been a blast. Okay, well, you come back. We'll have more parties and more (laughs) Chick-fil-A. Gary and Shannon, thank you, Jane Wells, for filling in today. We'll see you tomorrow. Stay dry, everybody.
7: I'll tell you what, that was pretty impressive.
4: (laughs) Gary and Shannon.